wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening. We are so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you are one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Fear not. We will do everything in our power to help i.e. be in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be and that is completely free thanks to our sponsors this week HelloFresh and Squarespace Squarespace they're bringing the show to you DLC of course the show all about games and there are many forms games played on desktops laptops and consoles also games that involve dice luck and cardboard I'm your host, Jeff Canada. that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined this week not by my usual co-host, who is currently, I think, driving across the country, traveling with his family, trying to stay safe and quarantined, but also get out of the tiny little box that he's living in for a few minutes. Not, not having Christian Spicer here this week, but I have not just the next best thing, the next better thing because I am joined once again by senior animator at Riot Games and one of our very favorite go-to guests, Lana Bashinsky is back with us. Hey, Lana. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Always the highlight of whatever week this lands in. And I do want to <laughs> say that I feel like a lot of people listening to the show must think this, must feel it in their hearts, but I want to just give you a quick shout out for your amazing consistency with not just the words of your intro, but the tone. I feel like I know it from listening to it so much. It's like it's like when you're mouthing along with a song, you're like doing the intro and I'm like mouthing the intro words along with you in my in my little office over here. So great consistency. I'm so pleased. Love it. It's so hype every single time. Oh, I'm thank like, you. My adrenaline's going, baby. I've heard a number of people mention in emails and tweets that uh, that they sort of sing along with the intro and nothing could make me happier. So I'm I'm pleased to hear that. Thank you. Um, we have so much to talk about this week. It is one of those titanic thunderbolt weeks with huge amounts of news and games galore. And you know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because DLC stands for D's and Lana combined, because joining us is the co-founder and chief gaming officer of the fan-controlled football league, my buddy, Mr. Patrick D's. Hello, Patrick. Hello, what is going on? I'm thrilled to be combined with you, Lana. I think like Voltron, we're going to unite and destroy this show. So, <laughs> yeah, nothing would make me happier. Man, camera, DLC. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hey, like I said, we have tons to get to this week, but I do want to carve out a little time at the top to talk about the fan controlled football league, because I'm sure some people listening to the show are going to be like, what is that? And it is a super cool concept. So Patrick, can you give us the the sort of, uh, you know, 20 second pitch on what that is? Yeah. So specifically around the league, it is, um, we're, it's a Madden, but in real life is kind of the shorthand for it. So we are like football reinvented for the digital age and eventually all sports, but we're starting with football. And it's imagine just taking football. If you invented it today, how would, you know, what would it look like? Right. So uh, games are one hour. Um, they are aimed at people who are digital natives and you're familiar with Madden, you can be familiar with this because you literally choose everything you do in the league, right? So fans choose the logos, the mascots, the colors, the head coaches, in some instances, the cheerleaders, but like 
more importantly, we've gamified the experience of being a sports fan, right? So you very literally are engaged in this lean forward experience. You're calling plays in real time. You're competing, you're driving your team to victory, but also you're competing against folks both on the team and a kind of a global leaderboard. So um, each team is owned by a celebrity and that celebrity kind of infuses uh, the team with their own kind of brand of swagger. So like Mike Tyson owns a team, Richard Sherman, Marshawn Lynch, friend of the show, Greg Miller, and uh, the kind of funny boys are uh, team owners in the league. So I think it'll be pretty yeah. fun. So cool. And these are, lest it be misunderstood, these are human beings playing football that you are controlling, right? You are telling them what plays to run and, and it's human beings doing it. Yeah, yeah, correct. It's, yeah, I mean, we're really rethinking all of it. Like if you think about a traditional football league, there's, you, there's home and away and there's all this travel. All eight of these teams are playing in, you know, ostensibly what is a television studio, right? So it's fanless. So it totally works with COVID. Um, but it's fanless and we're really obtusely focused on those digital fans, people who are at home watching we've got a two-year streaming uh deal with twitch and so on twitch you'll be watching real players play seven on seven football it'll be an hour long and the whole time you're watching the game along with your you know team owner or celebrity calling plays along with them hearing about mike tyson's podcast he's encouraging people to run instead of pass so much and you're just interacting with that visual overlay overlay that sits on top of twitch so um yeah we're incredibly excited about it so uh, Sounds we have some, so cool. Some big announcements coming up. So like, um, I like as as when and where and all that stuff will be playing. Um, but those announcements will be uh, coming up pretty soon. I can't wait to tell people more about it. Awesome, man! That's the fan controlled football league. So this is one of those weeks where uh, we we it's it's like E three. It's like this summer of games that keeps going on and on and on. So rather than story of the week, we got to start off with the summer of games. It's the summer of games on TLC. You're gonna get hyped up in the news will live up to your expectations. Oh, that, that's such a bummer, <laughs> that one. That's such a bummer. And you know what? Sean Madigan, who is the uh, maestro, the, the brilliant musician behind uh, a lot of our, our bumpers, and that one in particular, has heard me lamenting a bit about the uh, the come down at the end of the Summer of Games bumper. Christian uh, putting a spin of a little bit of cynicism, perhaps, or a bit of a, a downer, in my opinion, on the... And, and you know what? Maybe that's accurate, especially this week with the Xbox Game Showcase. Yeah. Maybe that's accurate. Maybe that's how you feel. Maybe the games don't live up to your expectations, but <laughs> maybe they just exactly live up to exactly what you expected, in which case, Sean Madigan has your back. It's the summer of games on TLC. You're gonna get hyped up, and it pretty much lines up with your expectations. It pretty much lines up with yeah. your expectations. But you know yeah. what? You know, you know what? Maybe that's not even enough. Maybe, maybe oh you're God. thrilled with what you saw. Maybe your your expectations have just been completely blown out of the water. In what which, case, in which case, Sean Madigan still has your back. It's the summer of games on TLC. You're gonna get hyped up, and the news is more exciting than your expectations. <laughs> oh, Incredible. Yes. Bravo, uh, Sean yes, Madigan. Thank Sean. you. Going above and beyond as usual. So we'll have to decide this week which yeah. uh, of the bumpers is most appropriate. Uh, and maybe as we go on through the summer, we'll always have to decide which of the bumpers. Makes the most sense. This week, of course, the biggest news, the Xbox Games Showcase, the first time we are seeing Halo Infinite gameplay. We are seeing uh, a lineup of games that are 
primarily focused on the Xbox Series X. But, of course, with Microsoft's strategy, these are games that are coming out to the entire family of Xbox consoles. So um, I think that somebody uh, sent me an email this week to dlcfeedback at gmail.com saying uh, they liked Microsoft's no gamer left behind motto. And I think that's a, a kind of a fun way of putting it. You know, if you've got an Xbox console, you're going to be able to play every game they showed, which is kind of a wild thing. You don't have to buy any new hardware to play any of it. But that didn't stop them from making a big deal about the Xbox Series X and how it is going to be this very powerful box. Uh, Patrick, you are our guest. So let's start with Halo Infinite, because that's the one that kicked off the entire event. That's the biggest game, I think, of the bunch and the one everyone was excited to see. And certainly the response to what Halo Infinite, the the, the gameplay of, of what they showed has been mixed, uh, to say the least. What was your feeling about Halo Infinite? Halo, but big. Um, I definitely yeah. I think we could talk about Halo for its own probably 30-minute block, but if you're all right with it, I actually want to take a step back and just, I'm curious to see what you guys thought about the show as a whole, right? The format, kind of the expectation versus what we saw. Because I think we can do a deep dive on, on Halo for sure, but it, like the strategy for me if I can hit that first and would be sure, sure to see yeah. what you guys think. Cause like Absolutely. for me, it wasn't a series X showcase and intentionally. Right. right. And I think that inherently was the disappointment. I, I understand the strategy. I feel like this whole no gamer left behind. I love it. And I think that they've um, done a tremendous job in winning hearts and minds over the past generation. Bill Spencer, I'm sure he's a friend of the show. Cause everybody's a friend of the show. A uh, friend of the show, Phil Spencer has done a great job of winning hearts and minds, but I, they didn't, in my estimation, capitalize on generational excitement. And I, I don't think it's an either or dichotomy. I feel like you could have done both, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, to me, it wasn't like what they needed or at all what I expected. I think like if I were running, if I were running Microsoft strategy, I think I would have done like a two part strategy, right? Like I would have opened with Halo and shown that and then had like um, really rad examples of third party games and how much more powerful they are or will be on series X. And then everything out, really hit that game pass over and over and over game pass game pass game pass everything else going forward is on game pass and i thought they missed that as a whole because to me that was mm. the killer app in all of this was everything that you saw it was going to be for a fee that i was already paying and i feel like they missed even on that i was curious to see what you guys thought about the strategy and format and all that stuff uh and then definitely want to dive into halo yeah i think that you make some excellent points i i, I certainly think the if the job was to make me want to buy an Xbox Series X, it certainly didn't do that, right? It didn't seem to be what they even wanted to do. Right. Um, but they do seem to be playing a different game than everybody else, pardon the pun. They seem to be in a different paradigm than the rest of the industry. They're trying, it seems to me, they're trying to divorce the products, the games you're playing from the thing you're playing it on and allowing you to play uh, at least all their first party stuff anywhere you want on anything you want on a PC, on your phone, through X cloud, you know, and, and how the fact that X cloud is now rolled into game pass. And like you said, the, the real thing that seemed to be uh, my takeaway was Xbox game pass is just an extraordinary thing. And, and nobody else is doing anything even remotely close to what Xbox game pass is offering at the price point they're offering it. And that is super exciting. Like the fact that everything they showed, all the games they showed, like you said, I'm basically already paying the yeah. fee to play all of those. Yeah. Um, to, to Patrick's point, ahead. I feel like they didn't 
like go like obviously enough no. into the fact that it was Game Pass. I, I feel like they were they're stuck to the E3 uh, press conference format and the way that even just digesting the information, even if you know that in the back of your mind, it's still hard to get excited about that specific thing because it feels the same as it has always felt in a way, other yes. than the fact that we're all at home, other than the fact that it's not this live show, you know, whatever. It's still the same thing. It wasn't like, get hype. Here's somebody playing it on, you know, their phone. Here's somebody playing this yes, on their console. Here's totally. them playing it on their PC. Like, you just give me a show reel of people playing the same game in different ways and being like, cross save, peace out. Like, getting <laughs> excited about the, about the thing that they have been investing in because because people want to get excited about consoles now. They want to do the console war stuff. You have to lean into that. And you don't have to lean into that, but you have to lean into what you are have been doing that people should be excited about in a bigger way to sort of generate the same level of, a, of attention that isn't like, well, your exclusives didn't make me think that I should care. Right. Yeah. I think there's this generational excitement. I mean, to Solana's point, I think you can do both, right? I think there should have been that montage. We needed way more peace out. So that's an excellent point, Lana. But also, like, I would have preferred, like, that, you know, the world exclusive. They should have had a yes. drop that was, like, exclu- day one game pass every single time to remind yes. people that, like, just have, because you, with the three of us know we're, like, you know, it, video game enthusiasts, like the hardcore does. But I think they had a lot of eyes on that that are pretty non traditional. You know, we always talk about E3, the USA Todays, or a lot of people are tuning in that might not be in the know and then understand that value proposition. And just for me, it was a bit of a miss. Like, I think that they could have mm-hmm. really hammered that home. I think day one, day one Game Pass as that, because world exclusive is supposed to like generate that exciting moment and people being like, ooh, this is exclusive. Day one Game Pass should be like the end bumper to everything or yes. the start bumper. Like that, that yep. thing yeah. is exactly, even looking at this Polygon article, like these, like the stills that they have for all these YouTube videos for all the different stuff. It says world premiere and it says Xbox optimized for, optimized for Series X. Nowhere does it say Game Pass yeah. on even these stills that people can look at while they're scrolling through mm. this site, which seeing that over and over again, people will be like, Oh my God, right. This yeah. is what I have to get. Yes. Look at it. What, look at the value. It's you insane. Can't pass it up. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. I think you guys, you guys make great points. I mean, I think there, you know, there was, there were icons in, in those videos of, you know, Xbox game pass, but you're right. It, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't made as a, a big point to be, hammered and and glorified in any significant way and i think i think that's i agree i think that's a missed opportunity because to me that was the killer app is the fact that literally i'm already paying for the thing that gets me all of those things um do do you guys think that there's somebody that expressed uh, this i forgive me for not crediting you uh dear listener whoever it was that tweeted me this idea Somebody was saying that uh, like Netflix to them, it sort of devalues games when they've already got them. And it's just sort of a big smorgasbord of content that they already have. And they just sort of it sort of feels perhaps a bit more disposable. I, I pushed back against that notion, but I wonder if that resonates with either of you. What do you think, Patrick? I mean, not me personally. I do think a lot about Games Pass as a whole and, and like, how, what does this look like? As it evolves, right? Because it's where it's still in its infancy right now. I wonder what it does to not my understanding or appreciation of those games. Do they feel more disposable? But I wonder, like, what it does to game development long term for Microsoft First Party. Like, do they then not feel obligated to make games that are as long? 
can games be more mm. iter- iterated more quickly? Because if you can scope yeah. and plan differently, uh, people just have to have a good time and make it to that next billing cycle. They don't, I don't think devs would feel as obligated to give people 50 hours. So for me, like it, to me, it doesn't, the, like, the eight episode series, yes, Netflix idea. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And I, to me, I don't think it devalues, but I'm really interested to see what it does to game development as a whole longer term. Oh my gosh. Anything that can adjust the dev cycle yeah. to have people not focused on 80 hour games, I think will be better for devs and better for players in the long run times a million. I'd be so excited to see, I think it enables like smaller studios to make cool experiences mm-hmm. that get greater um, sort of leverage with an audience because people can play a lot more bite-sized experiences. I think it lets big studios make cool. I like, I love the idea of it being a series, like yeah. not, sorry, I guess they're all series, but like not all of them. I'm stepping on my words. I'm like a show, like episodic. Mm-hmm. That's for the sure. word I'm looking for. I, I love the potential of what it could spark as an inspiration if people aren't worried about making, you know, the $60 box product. I, and I think- well, but Lana, do you, do you think, I mean, as I'm assuming, because we all are, I'm assuming you are a Netflix subscriber. Um, uh, do you- I'm actually not, but I do. I, I, are you really? I, who, I, who's, who's, who whose account are you using? Right, right. <laughs> I, I, yes, there's Netflix in, in my home. I am not a personal <laughs> subscriber. I've never had to subscribe. Fair enough. Yeah. I, my <laughs> my point of bringing that up is: do do you have any sympathy toward the like it, it, it sort of devalues the big chunk of content because you log onto Netflix and it's just this sea of things? Is there any? Do you feel any resonance of that? I, I kind of I don't, don't know. agree with I, that. I I, I I don't agree with that. I don't see anybody see like, oh, The Witcher's coming out on Netflix probably sucks or like, <laughs> right. like right. Uh, or anything like. There is certainly like Steam is a massive amount of games that are in this sort of endless pile that you could go through individually. And nobody's thinking that games put out on Steam are. Well, I guess you have to buy those individually is the difference. But I think I think that makes more value for something like um, the Game Pass because people don't have to buy it because people will give something a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great point. Yeah, I think the other thing that like changes is, I mean, that, that I think from a business perspective that the studios don't necessarily have to find their audience day one as it lives on. There's a longer tail as it lives on Game Pass, right? They'll find an audience, you know, like these right. 15 million people are playing that game. The one yeah, exception, I if I, if we could take it into Halo would be Halo. Halo has got to hit. There is zero excuse for Halo launching day one, for example, without ray tracing. It's like, it'll hit later. Like, to me, Halo is the one exception to that. It doesn't have to find its audience on day one. Well, why do you say that? Uh, Because I think, like, it is the showpiece. I don't know if I've ever, in the history of gaming, I don't know that I've thought of higher stakes bingo for one title right there's mm-hmm. so much is resting on and i know they're playing a different game and i know they're like they still want to sell xboxes and i think this is the one thing that you know they this last generation there weren't wasn't that much halo period i think once at some point they conceded the generation to sony and said hey look we're going to save the rest of the bullets in that gun for this next generation they had this has been in development longer than any other halo title and i feel like and maybe it's just me but like i feel like there's an authentic excitement around halo for the first time in a long time Right, they stoked the nostalgia about being like a combat evolved, and then we saw the the uh, the box art, and it looked like original Halo, and everybody was like, "All right, baby." And then we got what we got, and I'd be really curious to see what you what we thought of Halo. But um, but for me, anyway, that was the one kind of one game that doesn't that has to hit day one. I think for for Game Pass. 
Well, I I hear what you're saying as far as Halo being being the Mario or whatever it is, being the, the you know inextricably tied to the platform and the 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 mascot, the showpiece, the the thing that brings you know the boys to the yard, so to speak. But the uh, the difference here, I think, this whole idea of Halo Infinite being becoming. And I guess we haven't heard this explicitly, but my understanding is Halo Infinite is becoming the Destiny type mm-hmm. product where this is the last Halo, right? This right. is the this is the Halo platform sure. that now evolves and they iterate on and this is just and to me that is a complete marriage with the Game Pass idea, right? If you're not buying new boxed copies of Halo, all that matters is you're subscribed. You know, all that yeah. matters is you keep playing this this thing that is going to have updates and new DLC content and new, you know, new stuff just like Destiny or any other living game. Um, maybe it doesn't have, maybe it, because of that, because it, it is supposed to be this ongoing thing, it's like a lot of these other ongoing games that maybe didn't start super strong. Thinking of like Elder Scrolls Online and, and um, you know. Sure. Fallout 76 is a great example. I don't know how it, if it's rebounded completely, but these things that are meant to just be these ongoing, um, long, multi-year things. I don't know. No, you're not wrong, Jeff. I totally agree with you. I think if it were any other type, if it were Destiny, and Destiny is like also a huge AAA thing that has time to build a community and find its audience, but this demarcates, like it starts the momentum. And we saw what happened in that last generation when, they got out yeah. of the gate and never picked up momentum and then were pushing a boulder up a hill the rest of the generation and finally kind of conceded this has got to start that momentum and so much is on day one is like uh, is riding on this title so i i mean i i, I think I think there is time it can find a community, but it's just got to hit. And it was shocked that they didn't have ray tracing and other kind of um, yeah. features of the box day one. Yeah, it's surprising. Lana, how... I know you're not an Xbox gamer. Uh, I don't know how how much experience you even have with Halo or how much affection you have for the franchise, but what was your feeling looking at the footage that they showed? My feeling looking at the footage was that it was beautiful. I didn't, I've never, I've, I have played Halo. I forget which one I've played. So I don't know what that says about the franchise, whether or not it's beautifully timeless or, <laughs> or and like the same kind of thing yeah. every time. But I did, I did play a campaign. I didn't play a lot of the um, PvP, but I enjoyed the experience I had, and I, I just never played any of the other ones after that. And so yeah. watching this, my thoughts was, you know, that's a Halo game that I think I'm going to pick up. The guy, I think right. it looks gorgeous. I, you know, I, the gameplay from the Halo that I did play, I mean, shoot, good shooter fun. I think it has an interesting combination of, like, beautiful, realistic landscapes and very cartoony kind of alien bodies and i saw them showing off all their facial animations beautiful facial animations on the main character and the main alien there um Mm. and yeah it looked fun but i don't know if it's by an xbox fun i've still got a pc baby and that (laughs) well you'll evidently be able to play it on that you know yeah that's like the sort of the baseline question watching the whole xbox game showcase is like it's called the xbox game showcase but the whole time I'm going, tell me why I need the box yeah. when I have a different box. Well, they, I, I think they don't care about that. I, I think that they want you to be able to play it on the box you've got because there's an Xbox app on that box. Yeah. You know, I think I think they're okay with that as long as you're giving them that monthly fee to 
play all these yeah. games. Which is, so. you know, just looping back around to the beginning, which is why I think they should hammer that home more. Yes. Yeah. We don't care. We don't yeah. care. Yeah. Games and past then, day one. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, have a different, more hype, different showcase that shows off the exclusives where they were like, here's all the games. And at the end, they were like, by the way, there's some exclusives. Eh. Yeah, it was weird that they like put the exclusives at the back end of the presentation all clumped together. It was a little strangely yeah. uh, organized. Uh, Patrick, what did you think about what they showed? I mean, clearly, clearly this is open world Halo, right? That's a big difference. Sure, There's sure. never been never been an open world, true open world version of Halo. They made a big point of showing the map with different things and different areas that you could go do in any order. Halo has always been a linear campaign. Um, so wide and, linear, maybe, and it looks like maybe some gated equipment, gated areas. I don't know. Right. Maybe, maybe interesting yeah, a little, uh, little Metroid Prime-ish, yeah. you know, especially with that grappling hook, which was also new. Yep. Um, big vistas. What? What's your take? Oh, are you, man, oh, you sound like you're a little disappointed. I'm so disappointed. I was so ready. I am the Halo apologist. I think like in most nine scenarios out of 10, I would have been here defending like how great it looks or against the the internet mobs, uh, they just had an opportunity. I think they, like, I don't know how that, I thought it looked bad. And I think they did a really bad job of, I don't know if you saw the official screenshots that were, became memefied everywhere over yeah. Twitter. They Craig the Bruce, I guess, <laughs> is the new meme we were yes. dealing with. And like, that is not, we just talked about momentum. Like, that's not what you want going into this is like, you know, they talked about this powerful box. And I was actually, like, the, the further I got away from it, the more like, I was like, how did that happen? And there's a really interesting, I would, I'll tweet it out later, but it's a really interesting Digital Foundry video where they actually go into – and Lana, you probably know much more about this than uh, – Lana. Uh, sorry. Lana, Lana, Lana. Oh, sorry. Like I'm Apple. so sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I respond to hey you, so I'm good with whatever you call me, but I'll, I'll be better about it. Um, but like I think the, the Digital Foundry, the, 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 the net of what this Digital Foundry video was showing that like most of that, they kind of take that, that game – that that slice that they show and they put it like in a 2d version and they show like how the sun the lighting is actually coming to the valley and most of it's in shadow and then most of like the details are actually baked into the assets but there's no light to bounce off of it so you don't see how detailed the gun is where last generation a lot of the like lighting and details were um were uh re rendered differently and so like it was interesting to see um it was interesting to see that, but it still doesn't. I think this was just such a miss. We should all be talking about Jesus Christ. That Halo was incredible. I've never seen anything like that. I can't wait. And it just it ended up being uh, all memes. I'm that's interested so to see. Interesting. Sorry, I just think that's so interesting because I was like, yeah, it looks like a Halo game, and it sure, looks sure. Cute, you know, I, I like, well, I think that's the problem, right? Is everybody just went, yeah, it's a known quantity, and what 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 is so exciting about right. this, and especially at, like Patrick is saying, to usher in a new console generation, yes. ostensibly. But don't you, uh, then you run want the risk to of being like people being like, not my Halo doesn't look like my Halo. Like, well, that's like, the, that's the problem that three, four, three ran into last time. Right. right? Is totally. that, oh, you shoot, you shoot in a completely different way. Yep. You aim down the sights. Now it's not my Halo. So they're kind of damned if they do damned if they don't, but it is, you know, it is, um, it's, it's tough for three, four, three, I think. And I think ultimately this seems to me, this is just an intuition. I may be off base, but it seems to me like what will make this game special is hard to sum up in a trailer. You know, I think that mm -hmm. open worldiness, if it works, if the open worldiness is really interesting and fun and it does feel a bit like Metroid Prime or it does feel a, a bit like a game where 
I can really improvise my way through fights and figure out ways to like skip sections yes. or, you know, do something really outside the box and interesting. That will really feel like a new twist on Halo. And that's hard to, you know, trailerify. Yeah, that's what I wanted, really. I wanted to know, what am I doing in this world? I mean, like, is exploration more than just getting in a warthog, right? Like, is, or is exploration even a big part of it? Am I, am I meeting characters? Am I having conversations? Am I doing quests? Mm. Am I going out to kill three rats? Or is it like a Far Cry? <laughs> Are we taking out outposts? Uh, what they yeah. showed was three objectives and some underwhelming combat, and then they pushed a button. Like, I, I to me, like, it didn't, yeah. to your point, they didn't really illustrate what what we're doing in that world. And I know we're going to see more and we've got a, a while, but again, this was second chance, first impression. And I think it was just, it just fell really flat. Yeah. I think that that is certainly the sentiment. A lot of people had, I, I, I definitely felt a bit underwhelmed just because I, I thought my eyes were going to pop. You know, I thought it was going to be one of those things yes. like, Oh my, <laughs> yeah. look at this. This is graphics. But, yeah, I really did. I really thought it, you know, like you said, it was going to be all ray traced, uh, you know, as far as the eye can see. And it was just going to, it was going to feel next Jenny. And it didn't. But I also, I, I'm, I don't think I'm as qu- quite as negative on it as you, Patrick, because I do feel like there's some really interesting, I mean, the grappling hook yes. alone feels super fun. Totally. And, I think opens up some interesting verticality with that game and some fun stuff that maybe really makes it feel fresh and interesting. And, and I, you know, there's just something to me, you hear that music mm-hmm. that da, 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 yes. and you, and you, and the way those guns look and those effects pop and like, there's, you know, I've been playing halo games for what, a, you know, how yes. many, a decade and a half, whatever it is. And there's just something that sort of, is evocative, you know, in the same way that a you know a Mario jump sound is evocative. It, it does. I do want to be in that world. Well, let me make the distinction though. Like, I still am cautiously optimistic about what what ships, right? I think what was the big miss was the presentation, the way they showed mm. it, and I don't feel like it was well thought through necessarily. But like, I'm still. I think the grappling hook looks rad. And yeah, I'm with you. The minute I hear that music swelling, I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's go finish this fight, even if it's the same game over and over again. I like. I'm still very much that. Although I will tell you, at the end of the trailer. Um, I was a little bit also taken out of it. So they have the big bad, right? He talks to Master Chief and throws yeah. down the gauntlet. And I couldn't take my eyes off of the fact that his chest plate is just the legendary difficulty. The the legendary icon for uh, the icon for the legendary difficulty is just his chest plate. He's just a walking mm. legendary difficulty. <laughs> and I, I couldn't. I was I, kind I of funny though. I mean, right? kind of fun wink. Yeah, yeah. so too. That was great. Uh, um, I'm, re- I'm rewatching the trailer right now. It does look like they might have like a bunch of interesting gadgets and things, but yeah, yeah. Just to be like really snarky uh, in the trailer, this is really nitpicky around four 30 going up that elevator. There's actually a cloud that unrenders. It disappears from the background. There's a lot of pop oh. in the trailer too. Yeah. There's believe me, you are not the first to point yeah. that out. It is it, all over the internet. People are like circling grass that pops in, you know, it, it, it's uh you didn't circle grass uh, <laughs> that's but but honestly it, it, you know i guess there's an element of that that's snarky and sort of negative and nitpicky but it's also you are presenting this as the first look yes. at this game yeah yeah that, i don't understand why you would choose sections that even show that especially if that's not indicative of how the game is going to actually be i don't know why you would invite that right yeah Totally agree. I'm, I'm upset with the presentation. Upset's the wrong word, but really, like I think that was the miss was the presentation of it. Like I said, I, I think what ships could actually be uh, really fun. 
I can't wait to grapple hook. I hope so. And, 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 and you already own it. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Game You're already paying yes. the thing that gets you. you know, there's well, no, 100%. there's no decision to buy it. You have no decision. Yeah. See? So if they followed up that trailer and they're like, okay, it's kind of rough, but you already own it, <laughs> then they'd be exactly. like, oh, good job. Yes. Xbox, yeah. you yep. love it. Way Give me go. that game. I, mean, I already got it. Look it to my veins. I, mean, I, I complain about the... I complain, I complain a little bit about the car and, until it's in my driveway. You know, it's like it's already in my driveway. You know, take it for a second. Yeah, might as well. Uh, uh, all right. So uh, we should talk... Uh, we're talking about a lot. There's a lot to I get know. to still, yeah, so and this is it's really one? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was one. one. Yeah, but let's uh, let's take a break real quick and thank our first sponsor, which is Squarespace. Boy, in this world we're in now, uh, the internet is really uh, taking on even more importance, if that's even possible. The the a window to the world. There's going to be a moment, if it hasn't already happened to you, where you're going to need a website. And let me express my enthusiasm for Squarespace because I have been using Squarespace for so long now. I can't even remember when I started. It's been well over 10 years. And jeffcanada.com was made on Squarespace. I recommend Squarespace and have recommended Squarespace to so many people at this point, to my family, to the closest people in my life, because it's the easiest way to make a website. So if you want to turn a cool idea of your own into a website, if you want to showcase some of your work, if you want to blog or publish content, even if you want to sell products or services, Squarespace is the easiest way to make a website that will do just that. You start with these beautiful templates that are created by world-class designers, and then you just start messing with them. Make them your own. It's all what you see is what you get. Drag and drop. So, so simple. You don't have to learn HTML. You don't have to hire an expensive game or a website designer to create your website. You can do it yourself. You have these powerful e-commerce plugins. You just drop and sell something online so easily. So many things are taken care of by Squarespace's tools for you. They have free and secure hosting, a built-in search engine optimizer, they have analytics that help you grow in real time. And there's never anything to patch or upgrade. You don't have to worry about all that. They handle it. It's so great. Plus, if you ever run into any issues, 24-7 customer support that is award-winning. These, it's just so simple. Make it yourself. Make it easy by creating the website with squarespace.com. So check out squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me right now. You can start building your site with a free trial. You don't even have to put in your credit card to get the free trial. You just start building your site. And then when you're ready to launch that site, use our offer code, which is Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. Save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. If you just want to buy a domain name, you can do that too and use that code and save yourself 10%. Thanks to Squarespace for supporting this show. Been with us since the beginning and we love them. Can I add a really weird personal anecdote to this absolutely <laughs> so i legit had to make a website twice i had to make a website in a rush with a weird thing to have to do but you know there's that always that debate always in in my groups there's been a debate of like oh should i use squarespace or wordpress and wordpress has its merits for sure but if you are just like i just want to sign up and i don't really want to think about it like insanely intuitive ui in squarespace like no contest right? as somebody who's had a wordpress and a squarespace it took me a couple hours to get my website, com up 
and it has a whole, a whole store. It has, that's not a plug. If you want to like see the interface, like, and how beautiful and elegant it looks like I used even the same format as my sister's website, but you, they don't look like two different websites, even though we use the same sort of template thing. It's so yeah. easy to use. and like truly simple, but not in a way that's like, you're making a simple looking website, like from like 1996, it looks, yeah, you're not making like cookie cutter website. Yeah. You're making something that looks actually really professional. Yeah. Totally. yeah I've, I've made two since, uh, since coming on DLC and starting listening because I'm like, oh, I'm going to try it. And it's legit. <laughs> awesome. awesome. It's awesome. amazing. I need a website. It's I just so bought cool. Patrick.cool and there's, it's not pointing at anything. <laughs> and so I need to do something with Patrick.cool. No idea. So yeah, amazing. Oh, I want to get that's Patrick.cool is such a great URL to own. <laughs> <It's> real dumb. <laughs> Take that other Patrick's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So let's get back into the Xbox showcase because there is a lot of stuff that they showed. We're really not going to step through all of it, but I want to do something actually a little fun because uh, our friend Danish Syed, who uh, it's just one of the, just a great guy. And, uh, I love anytime he sends me an email this time, he sent an email challenging us to a game. <laughs> uh, he I'm said, uh, after a game showcase, like today, people are going to talk about what they liked and what they didn't and time and time again, the discussion goes, Oh, I really liked blank to which the other person would respond. Which one was that? Since you'll be talking about the Microsoft show, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the game names as well. Which ones stuck? Which ones recall the game trailer immediately? And what makes a good game name? Does it need to tell you about the game or just be intriguing and memorable? So I think this would be an interesting discussion. And I'm listing some game names. And I want you to tell me without looking it up. All right. What? happens in the trailer to these games or any any features about these games. All right, all right. He says, bonus points for specifying which console reveal event it was from. So not all okay. of these are from the Microsoft event. Oh, oh. man. Oh, Those are okay. the fresh ones. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. yeah that's- all right, ready? So here's the first one. I'm not going to do all these because you put a whole lot, but okay, here's the first one. Solar Ash. Uh, shoot. Does anybody know what that is? Uh, No. No, Patrick, Solar that Ash. PlayStation, I, like, I, is it the Kojima-looking trailer where they're in New York and then they like a rocket comes down? No, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I feel like my default answer for anything I don't know is going to be like, oh, it's a zombie game? Uh, yeah. Safe bet. Uh, Solar Ash is uh, an indie game. It is uh, the follow-up to Hyperlight Drifter oh. uh, for the folks at Hyperlight Drifter. It looks cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. But yeah, again, Solar yeah, Ash, do you think that's a good title? <laughs> You think that's a good time? Does it evoke something interesting? Oh. Are you interested in checking out what Solar Ash is I think, about? I think it's somewhat unfair because I do think so much of like name recognition is not just from the name, but from the experience that you get. Um, like there's rarely like a book title. Like there's book titles that I love, book titles that are famous book titles. And I rarely hear the title of a book and go, that's a reader. I'm going to read that one. Interesting. So do you I think, think that's that, the job of the title, though? Shouldn't the title do that? Isn't that the entire point of the title is to go, ooh. I hope that the no? titles are indicative of the game, like the game in some way. Like okay. I don't, but uh, I don't know. In a sea of a bunch of titles, if you just hear about nothing and you hear about Solar Ash, maybe you'd be like, that sounds kind of try-hardy sunshine space. 
All right. No, I'm going to do a couple more. We'll do yeah, a couple more. How about the gunk? I remember that oh, one. Yeah, yeah. What's the gunk? That was from, oh, go ahead, Patrick. Oh, I just remember it was, uh, um, I believe it was a young girl who had a backpack and she was sucking up uh, the gunk from everywhere. It's one of my favorite names. Um, yeah, think of it's it. a good one, it's, right? Like, yes, like dark matter everywhere. And she looked, looked like she was sucking up the gunk and spinning it out and doing stuff with it. Mm-hmm. There's that monster in the trailer that roared and it was from the Xbox game showcase. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, well, I, I I perked up right before the gunk was announced because it said from the people that brought you uh, Steam World, and oh. I love all three Steam World games passionately. So I was like, "Oh, amazing! I'm I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah. It's a Steam World." Um, so yeah, the gunk. I think the gunk is a great title. Fantastic, personally. Yeah, right? yeah. To, counter to the point I just said, the gunk is a great title stuck in my brain immediately. <laughs> right. And do you think that I'm bringing that up because it's one of the games that stood out for me as well? Do you are you both either of you excited to play the gunk? Is it does it look interesting and in, in, innovative or? Well, let me tell not. you about Game Pass. <laughs> I've already got it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I think it looks cool. Yeah. I, I, yes, it's one of those things. The, the name was strong enough that I'll take it for a spin, no matter what. It looked cool. Yeah. All right, we'll do a couple more of these and then we'll save some for when Christian gets back because I want to stump him on some of these. Um, how about the medium? Uh, Anybody remember I, the medium? Uh, I, I think it. I do. Wasn't that the one? You go ahead, Chuck. It's I, Bloober I, Team. I, it's, it's the Bloober Team's follow-up, right? Where it's like dual rendering yeah. different scenes. Yeah. And so it looks like yes. she's, you know, uh, she's between a couple of realities and you potentially can shift back and forth. Like that really cool Titanfall 2 level that everybody loves so much. Yeah, yes. that was, that yes. was like, or, she's like can, mediums like sense ghosts and stuff, right? And that was the whole point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think the medium is a good name? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no. I just like I'm. I'm really interested in that one. I like I've slept on the other stuff that uh, Bloober Team's done, but um, but I thought this one looked cool, and so you know, I, it's a function of like having it been repeated a couple different times. They seem to be pretty excited about it, but the yeah. name in and of itself doesn't do a ton. And, and okay, so- uh, last one. Oh, okay. go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, this is also the game that made me be like, that's next gen, where there are like two things that are rendered at the same time, two entire environments. That was the moment where I was like, where's the next gen thing we're going to see that is palpably next gen and two whole things rendered on top of each other to that fidelity. I was like, there, there, there it is. Hey there. But again, compared to the Ratchet and Clank that was shown at Sony's event, which is kind of doing that, where it's like whole levels and you can pop between them and in moments notice. And that's the problem, right? Yes. That's a bit of the, I think that's the big of the bit of the problem is that n- there's nothing that I saw in the entire Microsoft event that did what Ratchet and Clank did <laughs> to me during the Sony event. Zero brain shattering. None. Yeah. 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 Same and I don't know if that's, I mean, a part of me is like, well, it doesn't necessarily, these, there's a lot of solid games that I'm super excited to play and I already own all of them through my subscription, not own, own is the wrong word, should not sure. be using own because I own none of them, <laughs> no. but I would, I, you know, I would be able to play, yeah. Yeah, I will be able to play all of them, right. uh, which is great, but so I don't know if like the job is to gobsmack and, uh, but, but also, yeah, you know, we're starting a new generation. I sh- should look at something like Ratchet and Clank and go, 
I got to get me that new console because look at all the things it can do that I've never been able to do before. No, man, I'd push back on that. Their job absolutely is to gobsmack. I think that is what, mm. they're, what they're shooting for. And they just, I, right? It could, because like, to your point, we've talked about the boxes and the distinction between the boxes and the service, but they still got, they've got to get people into that ecosystem, right? Like, and yeah. and they needed like some, <laughs> some brain shattering. I'm stealing that one shamelessly. Uh, and that just wasn't there. And if they're not going to gobsmack you with the content, they should gobsmack you gobsmack you with the fact that you have it as part yeah, of it. Yeah, uh, yep, yep. I, I know yeah. that's like the point that we've said like a hundred times, but I do think that it's like, even if all no, this you're is right. like, so, more. so, you got it, man. You already yeah. got it with your game pass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. your game pass. All right, just the last one I'll right. do, and then we, we can pop in for any other uh, highlights from the show from either of you. But the, the last one, I, the last title I'll do, because it's a new IP... Everwild. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got it? Yeah. It's all the beautiful monsters and aliens and deers, and they're doing the baton dances with the smoke, etc. Yeah. No gameplay, but look look pretty. That giant did thing seem like up a bunch of fish. Yeah. Get that out of my brain. Yes. <laughs> that did seem like a, a, a title that evokes what this game looks yeah, to be about. Totally. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that to me is that's the new rare game coming from from the rare team, which you know what even is rare at this point? It's it's you know it's just a name, but it's a name that evokes something in me, so I get excited when they say rare. Um, but that's one of I think one of the games that I am most excited about from what they showed. Uh, it it looks like something that isn't just going to be you know more you know shooty shoots and more of the sort of dark whatever it looks like it's actually bringing something fresh and interesting to the table which i'm excited about uh i wonder if there's any other standouts from either of you uh lana is there anything from your perspective that you wanted to highlight um probably the one i wish would, would have talked about was Everwild. just in that i wish that we did see gameplay from whatever it is obviously this is this is early stuff and it's always fun to see a cinematic trailer, but I wish that more studios made the, like a distinct effort to show gameplay as part of the trailer. Like, I don't know yeah. why cinematic trailers, I love having them. I want to see them, but I also, I want to see the gameplay more. Yeah. You're not alone in that. And I think that was a big takeaway for me too, was uh, that things are a lot further out with all these new Microsoft studios than I had thought. Right. Like we saw a lot of like, I mean, the Forza for sure, they just showed an engine. Uh, at least that was an engine, but still just kind of um, no, no real gameplay. And like, I, I think Everwild, like, I don't know that they even know what that game is. Right. Like there's definitely got a tone and an art style, but like, what is that game? And so mm-hmm. I think it just felt like so much of this is way further out than I thought. And so mm-hmm. um, anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I'm very curious, Lana, real quick, before we move on to Patrick, I, I'm very curious what you thought of as dusk falls as somebody who's an animator and artist and that it had such a unique style. It looked like still photos that have been, um, yeah, they had been sort of painted or, or digitally manipulated in some way. And it almost looked like a a living graphic novel uh, of some kind. What was your take on that? I'm, I'm really interested in that one. I played a game that was not, it was this style in the sense that it was sort of drawings that would sort of move, but not, in an, they weren't animated. It was like really like one frame here, beat changes, another frame here. Um, very much like this called Heaven's Heaven's Vault. Um, and I thought that game was all right. I played through the whole thing. But I really thought the art style was really interesting and sort of soothing and, and fun to look at. So seeing this cast with these beautiful lights, and it does, it feels like an animated graphic novel. Um, 
I have no idea really what it, it's going to be about other than like general human drama. But yeah. I, I really enjoyed playing through Heaven's Fault. Yeah. We, I always find in these showcases when you have this back to back of like, you're in hell and you're fighting <laughs> hell's demons. And it's like, you're a Marine in hell fighting <laughs> hell's demons. And it's like, now you're, a, you know, whatever. And then, and then a, these, these games that are, that just look so differently, they really pop. They really stand out in, in a crowd, which these events are literally crowds of games. And to see something that just looks so different from anything else, I'm immediately intrigued because it feels fresh. It feels, different it feels like it's got its own identity mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, i like that about it for sure some former quantic dream folks right isn't that yes yeah, that's so. right yeah so i assume there'll be lots of choices and big on story which is certainly what it seemed to indicate yeah uh so patrick what were you any standouts for you in the in the showcase i don't know uh, yeah a couple quick quick hitters uh that state of decay trailer i'm not necessarily a fan but that was more polished than anything that they've ever done so i was excited to see that that trailer didn't hitch um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people are really excited about that game. I thought Obsidian was great. Like, I think they hit grounded really briefly, and they had a, a fun kind of cyberpunk nod there. Um, yeah, it was cute. A, yeah, Avowed, which uh, I mean, looks you know, look like Obsidian Skyrim. Which I mean, uh, those are a couple words together that sound awesome. Um, right, they already did their Fallout, so they might as well yes, do their Skyrim. Right? Yeah. Like, they're proving that there's a market for those kind of RPGs, and if they can move them out at a, at a pace that's faster than than what Bethesda does, I think they've got a really good you know kind of niche there. So I'd be really curious to see, but also probably way far out. Um, and then I don't know Tetris Effect connected. Did that do anything for either of you two? Well, I love Tetris Effect. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I on the Xbox, I'm not as excited because for me, Tetris Effect is a VR, VR experience. Yes. Yeah, but I like the idea that it, I mean, I love the trailer. It was me just too. so beautiful and the music was great and it showed all these faces and it. I just thought it was a great trailer. There was, oh, oh, it was and it wasn't. And this is a personal like quirk. So I was loving the setup. There's all these people from different backgrounds and ethnicities and shapes and sizes. And it's that song about being connected and I'm loving it. And then it punches into gameplay and there's some real trash level Tetris play. at, at <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't, and I don't like that part of me. The version of Patrick that I like the least is the guy that's late to the airport. And it felt like that. I'm like, what are you doing with that piece? Just stop. And I'm like, I think I'm a little too neurotic to actually co-op that with any of my friends. Um, so anyway, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited that more people get to experience that game. Cause I played that very recently, just, um, the beginning of quarantine. It was kind of like my, my sanity device was jumping into Tetris effect a little bit every night and uh, oh, yeah. magic, magic game. Like, like meditation. That game. Is oh, really I saw fun. it. And I actually thought that it was the Tetris game that Christian worked on. And I was like, Oh my God, so cool. <laughs> and then I realized afterwards it was not after I tweeted at him being like, Oh my God. Exclusive. And then I, you know, frantically deleted the tweet and just felt sad about myself. Um, <laughs> Yeah. No, I did think it was very charming where like they have all the faces as the Tetris blocks and then they have the, you know, the four yes. block, the tall one. And everybody knows that feeling, baby. That's the good. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 One you've been waiting for. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we can't leave talking about Microsoft Games Showcase without uh, mentioning that Forza, which clearly seems to be a, a while off. Um, Phil said early gameplay or early in-engine footage or whatever. Early being the key word there. It seems like, well, it's 2021 game. But but there's your ray tracing, right, Patrick? There's there's yeah, all your rays yeah. being traced. And it certainly looked photo real yeah. almost, you know. Pretty, pretty exciting. Um, and then uh, I also wanted to mention 
the Jack Black song for Psychonauts oh, yeah. 2 just is perfection. Uh, it, it was great, like how they intro it and showing him singing it. It just, it's such a great song. I, I'm excited for that. And then finally, uh, we have to wrap this up by talking about the Fable reveal, which is, was there one more thing? Yes. I, I was a big fan of the Fable franchise and have been hoping for a Fable for years. I've been predicting it every, every three <laughs> years. And here we finally got a Fable. And then it's like, uh, you know, 14 seconds of a, th- a frog eating a fairy. And then we're out title card not even a real title card because it's just like hey hey we've got this franchise still yeah mm-hmm. so hey, hey we like, shut uh, down that studio all those devs are gone but hey hey <laughs> yeah we still own everything <laughs> they touched yay yeah I, i'm gonna miss molyneux lying to me about it is my is my real <laughs> takeaway <laughs> just gonna, uh, like, yeah i like look i think the one thing that what i was actually interested to see was if um obviously it's the worst kept secret in gaming everybody knew there was a fable coming but was it going to be like a reboot or is it going to be a sequel and i think that it's cool that they're just starting over just calling it fable and then, you know, like, I was really interested to see if they were going to have kind of that humor element to it. And I think, you know, with him, with the eating the frog and like that charm, that fabled British charm kind of came through in that trailer. So it's yeah. like tonally, it's right where I would want that to be. Well, there's some rumor going around now. I guess there's a, a French a leaker who correctly identified all the games that were going to be ad- um, announced at the at the event before the event. Um, so there's some credibility to this, this leaker, uh, but the leaker listed when they listed all of the games that were going to be part of the event, they listed the last one as being fable MMO. So there's some rumors that this might actually be a massively multiplayer online version of fable rather than just a single player, uh, adventure game. So we remains to be seen. We don't really know, but it's an intriguing idea to to my mind for sure. Especially for a, you know an MMO on a console is is always interesting to me. So I don't know. We'll see. All right, uh, <laughs> we're already an hour into the show. We still have more huge news to talk about, uh, and I'm having so much fun. Thank you both for this. This is phenomenal. And you know what, Christian, just you know, if you don't want to come back, it's it's cool. We got we got to cut. So, uh, by the way, though, I should say, as we leave the Xbox conference and I diss Christian, he did take the time out of his beautiful uh, vacation time to record some thoughts that he had about the Xbox event. So uh, I'm going to put those on the end of this episode and you'll be able to hear Christian's take on the Xbox event. Or if I get more, if I get more ambitious, I may just edit them in right here. We'll see. We'll see what, we'll see how I do. But uh, you will definitely hear Christian's take uh, this week. He uh, he uploaded the um, file to me, so I will put it in this episode. All right. Moving on to uh, other huge news. There is uh, something that is being referred to as the Giga Leak, and I want to talk to both of you about this because it, this is a wild story. Evidently, there is starting in just a few weeks ago, there were just an enormous amount of files that date back to the sort of Super NES N64 era of Nintendo dumped onto the internet. Over a dozen classic Nintendo games, early builds, source material, source code, uh, just thrown onto the internet. Everybody seems to believe that this is authentic because it would be very difficult to fake it. it th- there are, you know, usable 
files if, if somebody was faking it they'd literally have to write these games from scratch and these are zeldas these are marios these are pokemons these are the game files you can compile them and run them and a lot of stuff in them uh that is from not that didn't make it into the game from early versions of these games that show some of the things that were being considered perhaps there's a uh there's a, a mustachioed version of Yoshi that no one has ever seen before. Uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. There's even a, a an asset of Luigi giving the middle finger to the player, which is wild that it, it is in there. Um, and Dylan Cuthbert, who worked at Nintendo at that time and worked on Star Fox, tweeted out a screenshot of a developer tool that's part of this leak as well and said he wrote that tool and couldn't believe he was seeing it again after 30 years. So there, this seems to be authentic. This seems to be a real deal. And Lana, I'm curious as someone who works at a developer and, and uh, you know, works on things and that I'm sure sometimes don't make it into the final game and, and you're, you know, you're in the process of putting out a game. Do you think this is a cool, interesting, exciting for fans of Nintendo to see a piece of history? Or do you think this is a kind of shameful um unfortunate look into things that were never meant to see be seen by people i think it's a it's a double-edged sword specifically for this one because the content is so old like trying to put myself as a developer in their shoes it's hard to tell whether or not they'd be supremely disappointed or supremely excited be like oh my gosh i made that 30 years ago or whatever like that's that seems like a cool moment i think my stance is and will forever be that leaks are almost like 99.999% of the time horrible. They feel so awful as a developer. Like sometimes things get leaked and even if it is content that's just being released, any slight tweaks that happen in development um, between iterations on a model, something gets leaked and the the thing that gets leaked first is what people expect. So even if the final product is better because it's more performant, because something didn't work, like whatever ends up happening, people are mad that they didn't get this other thing that was never supposed to exist. You were never supposed yeah. to see that. You would never even know what what you were quote unquote missing or the reasons why the developers couldn't do it that way or decided not to do it that way. And you assume that they're robbing you of something. And so from like a like a modern standpoint, leaks can't stand them. Breaks my heart every time. This being so ancient that, I mean, Nintendo must be bummed because who knows what people are going to do with all these assets and who, who yeah. knows what they were holding in reserve to do crazy future things with. Like, who knows? But as an artist, if I w- didn't work at Nintendo anymore and stuff that I made is seen the light of day and it's you know, it's not my fault, really. Like, get, like guilty pleasure of being like, ooh, people are seeing something I made and they're excited about it. And I w- thought I'd never be able to share it. Is like that I can see as being a special thing. But professional stance, 99.9% of the time, terrible feeling. Terrible yeah. feeling. I, I, I hope someday at some point someone does some investigative journalism and finds out how this happened. I'm so curious what how a 30 year old batch of files gets discovered and put out on the internet. It just seems like a, it's got a, probably a fascinating story in and of itself. Just the story of the, of yeah. the giga leak. Yeah. But, it seems uh, like the kind of thing that somebody was like, Oh, I bought a, you know, a, a case for CDs at a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sale. yeah. Yes. you yeah. know, and they forgot to take Definitely. the discs out. Like that's what I'm picturing. Yeah. It just had a, a label on it that said important Nintendo stuff. And I, uh, <laughs> 
started looking at it. Uh, can we talk uh, about Patrick? What is what's your take on that? Uh, can we just talk about Luigi giving like turning to the screen, the player, and giving them the middle finger? I think that is like the least Nintendo thing I've ever heard. Like, well, it's got to be some gag that just happened yes. to be, you know, some developer internally it's was like, oh, look what I did, yeah, and then yeah, you know, yeah. it stuck around. Man, I'm on my yeah. way out the door, I'm like leaving this. Yeah. <laughs> Be very yeah. to be very candid, the number of middle fingers I've animated into a game during development <laughs> is like an unbelievable amount of middle fingers. Oh, I can't I wait. That, I'm like stars, they're just yeah. like us. <laughs> You're like it, it. It has ever been thus. You know, I'm just carrying the torch for yeah. the industry. Whoever yeah. did that, one. thank you. That connected. Yeah. That connected. I can't wait. Next song comes on. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna be so excited in 30 years. In 30 years, when someone releases the. Uh, Heroes of the Storm Giga Leak, you know, I'll be so excited to see what you did. There's some, there's some, uh, Patrick, prototype. oh, go ahead. No, 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 please. I was going to say, there's some prototype Orpheus stuff that I tweeted out that if you really slow down, maybe <laughs> you see a couple of things or two in there. Anyway. Might sing an errant finger or two. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> One or two. One or two. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Excellent. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what's uh, what's your take on this? I don't, you know, I think this one was particularly weird. I think, um, you know, for the most part, you know, being I, I, like everybody, like to, to her point, it, uh, it's a guilty pleasure. You love seeing these things. But like, I, I usually err on the side of like, man, people, especially when they're like current leaks, people work for four or five years of their life and they don't get to participate in that like shock and awe and surprise and stuff. Uh, this one felt a little bit more harmless just because it was so old. But the weird kind of gray area was a lot of that stuff where like, why was there like a diary and calendar and some cr- like really traumatic childhood experience involving Mr. Potato Head bound on yeah. all this? Like why, in what professional capacity does anybody just have that? Like, isn't <laughs> it just all of it? Uh, well, it just feels like 30 years ago, no one really lo- realized that every email you send will be public. Yeah. You know? I think we just, right. didn't, just didn't know at that time. That's a much, you know? that's a much better like interpretation. I like, in my mind, this was like some, therapy session held on a nintendo campus where they were like interviewing people and it got really dark excuse my language Could be. Could be. anyway it's probably just in an email but yeah it's a it's a strange thing it's a wild uh i mean undeniably a piece of history undeniably sort of a fascinating look behind the curtain into the process of making these games and and like lana was saying who knows what will be done with the code i mean you I'm sure it's a it's a Christmas morning for emulators and people that are, you know, Modern, hackers that are interested yeah. in figuring out how all these games, you know, pulling them apart and all that stuff. But, you know, who knows, you know, in a year's time and three years time and five years time, what people may even do with some of this stuff is is maybe surprising and maybe may dark, but maybe kind of beautiful. Who knows? I'm I'm hopeful that it's not an entirely bad thing. Yeah, silver lining to stuff like this. Like having these assets, like obviously, I mean, certainly the the pixel art, not maybe not some of that earlier CG or 3D stuff, but yeah, giving people these assets, people who might have a great idea for a game but have no way to make art, like they don't have the resources. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I think there's there's always potential that something great can come from this. The next great game developer who can like have great ideas but can't sell any of their ideas because 
they don't have the the visuals that really back it up. I, maybe this is the kind of thing that is going to help young game developers with fewer resources to make something amazing. Like, I think that's the silver lining that can really come from a situation like this. Yeah, it, you could look at it as an incredible learning tool. You know, look at the actual code for these games and see how they were put together. How, I mean, actual classics. Yeah, from the, yeah. from, you know, it's pretty amazing. Uh, all right, a couple of other stories. I know we've been in the, the news section for a long, long time, but th- I just can't not talk about some of these stories. Uh, the first is uh, we talked on this show just a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, about how 2K was potentially the harbinger of a price increase for the next generation of console games, uh, talking about how NBA 2K21 will cost $70 for the base game instead of the usual $60 price point. Uh, Fifty nine, excuse me, sixty nine ninety nine instead of uh, fifty nine ninety nine, uh, and we were speculating that perhaps this would be the way it was going to be across the board. That this was the the canary in the coal mine for a across the board console game price increase. Well, not so. At least according to Ubisoft, who had a uh, earnings report and uh, investor call talking about its uh, Q1 2021 games, saying that all of the games that are released during the holidays this year and in Q1 2021 will still be released at the $60 price point. That includes Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Far Cry 6, which doesn't come out till February, uh, and that is for next gen. So um, they are bucking what we thought was a trend, maybe isn't a trend, maybe it's just 2K doing their own thing, Um what do you think about this, Patrick? The the sixty dollar price point secure for now. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually really, I was surprised to hear this. I like I think like everybody we felt that that like uh, on that two K quarterly earnings call that we would all just be looking at seventy dollar titles. But it's not surprising to me. I I guess because the I, this is and I don't know if it, ostensibly it could be a function of the fact that they're selling these they're cross generational titles right the ones they're talking about this holiday season yeah. and in Q1 and they've got a huge install base to sell to and so I think that um, that might be because again the, a bigger install base and then as as we get out of Q1 uh, they start ratcheting that up a little bit when they're selling you know exclusive next gen type titles um, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, you may, it may just be a not yet yes, situation yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I think they didn't commit uh, to it, right? Like on that, they, they wouldn't say like, I think they were asked specifically about the, like a, a price increase after the holidays and they didn't, wouldn't comment. Yeah. On yeah. Uh, the Eve Guimau says, uh, that's what we're focusing on at the moment, moment for Christmas games. We plan to continue at the same price. That's what we're, con- uh, we're focusing on at the moment. So yes, you're right. Leaving the window open for potential increase, uh, down the line. Atlanta. Are you are you glad we're seeing sixty dollars still? Or I know you're you're PC centric mostly, but what's mm-hmm. your take on this? Um, I'm sort of torn. Where as a consumer, I'm like, I guess that's cool. As a game developer, I'm like, y'all want more and more, but y'all don't want it, like support it. But then, you know, not to just keep going back to the same point. I mean, Xbox Games Pass, like, how much is it per month? 10 bucks. 10 bucks a month. I mean, unless you go ultimate, ultimate's 15, I think. But yeah, ultimate gives you the PC side as well. I mean, that's just another great reason to have that. Like, yeah. even if like, like part of me as a game developer is like, yeah, people should pay more for these experiences that cost more and more to make. It takes so much manpower, blah, blah, blah. You know, trying to get 
inventive and the ingenuity of what the next gen is at the same price tag from however many gens ago is is crazy. Yeah. But then like Game Pass, technically that price tag is a lot lower and it's covering a lot more it's, territory. Yeah. Um so it's it's just very interesting to see to see that because I feel yeah. that I feel like that is like Xbox playing this slow game, I feel like this whole generation, they're like, it's like a Mentos commercial where they got dissed really bad and they're like, just wait. <laughs> You're going to see, I'm going to come back in and it's going to be really awesome. And I feel like the next cycle, if these games keep being 60 bucks and Xbox Game Pass keeps being 10 bucks a month, there's still like that perception of like, well, this was only 10 bucks this time. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I really don't, I don't know how to feel about it. Uh, it's just because I'm like fortunate enough to be able to afford it. But right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, the hope is that from my perspective, I mean, this is I know you you primarily work on a free to play game that has that is monetized in a completely different way. But my hope is that some of these things will offset. I'd rather pay more upfront than sort of be nickel done dimed throughout. Yes, but, me too. but, you know, each game's each game's uh, each game's different. You know, each game's income model or, or revenue model is is got to make sense for it. And, uh, and I, I don't know about this whole blanket one price fits all because we, as you've pointed out that we've seen with steam, like it's pretty great that you log on to steam and sometimes there's games for 20 bucks that are amazing. And sometimes there's games for 30 bucks and there's games for 60 bucks. And there's, you know, it's like, it doesn't need to be a one size fits all, I think, which is good. I, I think it's really, it's, a, it's an excellent point, Jeff. I am so with you. I'd way rather pay a hundred bucks and not think about money the entire time or like how that went into the game design, right? Like if all of yeah. the, 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 it was built to just continue to pull money out of my wallet, I'd rather just go play a game, forget about it. But I think that's also like, you know, we talk a lot about the, how that's, um, uh, it's been that $60 price point for generations and generations. And it, I don't know, it was, I don't think it was this call, but it might have been Ubi's uh, quarterly earnings call a couple of times ago. But I think they were actually talking about how ARPU, which is average, average revenue per user, has actually gone up, right? So the, the base price is $60. But I think that what, it, what that says to me is that Ubi's doing a great job of monetizing consumers post initial purchase. And so yeah. maybe they just feel comfortable with that $60 mark, the ARPU's up, revenue's up, and they're, they're going to stay there, which would be really kind of awesome to see 2k stay at that 70 and see like to your point watch people kind of exp uh, explore that that uh, the whole gamut of prices yeah and ubi has done a such a great job of really supporting their games long term i mean having really long tail dlc plans and you know look like at rainbow six or or assassin's creed odyssey or or division you know these are games that they're constantly adding new content in months years after they're released and i think that adds to people you know continuing to to buy into those games and feeling like it's money well spent as well all right um last story i promise i know i just can't not talk about this stuff uh g4 tv is evidently coming back what uh, as somebody who as somebody who did over 300 episodes for g4 uh, of, a, of a show called reviews in the run uh, this is news to me. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't call me to come back. Um, I only worked there. I only worked there a year and did guest appearances on all their shows. But it's okay. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sad. I'm very sad. Please call me. I, I want to host a show on your network. Um, that was my favorite but, part of the announcement. Was the um, people immediately on Twitter lobbying like, "Here's why I should host this show." In this show is amazing. Oh yeah, so yeah. Uh, 
Austin from the WWE is yeah. is uh, is trying, and uh, um, I, I think I think Greg was even. Try- Everybody yeah, Greg was like, "Blessing, I, kind of funny." Yeah, immediately put me in, yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right here. I, I almost I almost did the same thing when I was like, ah, "I'm not gonna." I'm, I'm I'm a small fish compared to those folks. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, yes, I uh, I was on G4 less than a lot of people, but G4 was a thing, right? It was a thing. Attack of the Show and X Play. It really was at a certain time before streaming and before YouTube, really before the internet was a place you could get this kind of content really was the only place, you know, it, it rose from the ashes of tech TV. And, uh, you know, there was, to tell you the truth, it, it's part of my origin story, right? The only reason that I made the totally rad show with Dan and Alex, when we made it was because we looked at G4 and went, there's nothing really like what we want to make on that network. And so we made the totally rad show. Um, but you know this is a big deal, right? It's a big, a big company. I'm wondering how it resonates with either of you, and spe- specifically you, Patrick, who, you know, you're behind the scenes creating this type of thing. Right? You a big unveil of of a league and and content surrounding it. It feels uh, like you have an insight that the other the uh, the rest of us might not what's funny we are talking a lot uh a lot about distribution we've got a two-year streaming deal with twitch for the league but also talking to linear partners and also i don't know if you guys have uh, know much about ven tv which is coming which seems to me yeah very some good friends with the founder over there um and ariel and his team are putting together kind of mtv meets espn with gamer culture type stuff um and i know that they they had a pretty sizable capital raise uh, several months ago. And I think that they did a lot of homework and found there was a huge appetite for this. So it's not, I guess it's not a surprise. I, nobody saw this coming. I've heard no rumblings about this at all, but, um, yet seeing that, that, uh, that Ven has already got like a, a tremendous reception, I think it's kind of cool timing for it to come back. And like, right at the real disruption of like cable and content as a whole, there's this crazy revolution about like where we get this content and how that content's ingested. And so, I, for me, the timing feels great. I don't know about you guys, um, but if, if you're going to bring this back, there seems to be a lot of nostalgia around it. People were seemed really excited in a way that uh, I wouldn't have even anticipated. So, well, other than the fact that we're all in quarantine, it's like, what, how are they going to make this network thing? I mean, I guess assuming that by by the time it debuts, that we won't be. But it does feel weird sometimes going. We're gonna get people in a studio and shoot some stuff. And it's like, are you? Is that what we do still? Then is uh, it's a really big studio. Yeah. Everybody's standing really far apart. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's yeah. how people are doing it. That really is. Yeah. Um, but did you have any? Do you have any um, nostalgia for G four, Lana? I don't have nostalgia for G four. It's totally off my radar. It, there's, mm. I don't know if it existed in Canada. If it was on cable. Um, oh right, no, so- it did because I was on G four Canada. <laughs> Well, you were uh, G4 Canada. Oh, uh, that's not true. I was on by the by the grace of of Vic Lucas. I was on I was on G4 Canada. Uh, I didn't I didn't watch a lot of TV growing up. Um, so I definitely if this was on cable TV, it was not on my radar. Um, but I the one thing I was going to say about it is that I think it's so interesting. G4 returns, and I was like, that sounds like a great idea. And immediately I see Ven popping up all over Twitter, and I'm like, isn't that yeah. just this other thing just said that they are doing this too? Uh, so I think it's very interesting timing to see not just one, uh, you know, way to to satiate yeah. your your hunger for games driven content, um, but there's two. Assuming assuming they're going to be rival ways to ingest these kind of gaming TV yeah, shows, yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, 
yeah, definitely interesting. I, I'd be really interested to see what you guys think, right? Because there has been this insatiable uh, appetite for for Twitch content. I know you guys have seen the numbers coming out of Twitch, but they're up another 50% this month, um, some 5 billion hours, and their average user is staying on site for 90 minutes per session. It's crazy. Um, it, it really is. It is wild. But my, my, my question to you two would be like, they're the, both of these two folks, both uh, uh, G4 and Ven, are taking kind of this different approach. This like studio shows, highly produced, um, you know, amazing looking, expensive content versus you know, kind of the the what you what you expect and get out of Twitch. And I'm curious to see it. Just, mm. It's such a departure, and I'm really curious to see where those eyeballs are going to go. I'm wondering if you guys, you know, think there's an appetite for like highly produced shows like this. I think there. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. No, please, you. I think. Um, I think there is an appetite for it, but like however highly polished it is, I think it'll come a lo- like from how authentic sort of the the personalities are that are present, how authentic yeah. these shows are. It does seem like I saw Ben put out casting call and it seemed like just streamers like hit up being like, I want to be on your show. So maybe it's just these streamers are now doing their same sort of thing with more funding, more polished, you know, scheduled, whatever. Um, but Whoever those personalities are, I mean, Twitch, I think, is so successful because of the individuals who are doing their thing. And so depending on who they get, I think that can really make or break the success of of what they're doing. Because if there's somebody up up there who I disagree with their opinions or I don't enjoy their personality or their hot takes or whatever whatever the content is, um, I, I, it's the same way that I would ro- watch a Twitch stream. I'd be like, ah, next. And then I'd right. just go to somewhere sure. else. Yeah. But they, I mean, they've shown the eyeballs don't seem to leave that platform. They pulled Ninja over uh, over to Mixer, right, and the didn't move the dial like at all. So I wonder, mm-hmm. like, um, I, if these if these audiences are portable, and I, I don't know what that answer is. It's going to be fascinating to watch and a good time to be a consumer of this content because you can get it a million different ways. It's pretty it's pretty incredible that the, it, it does seem to be a bottomless pit of of um, interest, which is it's exciting. Yeah. And I, I think I'm old enough and of an old enough paradigm that I prefer the polished studio stuff. That's, that's just what I grew up on and want. And uh, the things that I've tried to make aspired to that, but I, it is undeniable that you do sacrifice some of that authenticity just in format. Yeah, for sure. Just the fact that, I mean, the fact that you're seeing someone in their pajamas talking right to you and having to get up and, you know, get a drink of water or whatever it is, go to the bathroom and, you know, have some nachos on the stream as well. It's that is the definition of authentic, right? There's no barrier between their life and your viewing. And by the very nature of wearing a costume and, you know, putting on some makeup and turning big lights on, there is an artificiality that's introduced. And I happen to like that. I happen to like, things being packaged and presented to me with 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 beginnings middles and ends you know that's why what, the things that i make have that right uh but it has a lot more to do with like how scripted something is like if they have a scripted mm. intro and outro that creates uh you know this feeling of routine that creates that excitement the same way that you have your intros and outros to these shows but i think that if you patrick and i were sitting somewhere polished and i was all done up and you guys were in suits or whatever i don't think and we had this same conversation i don't think that it would feel it would be less authentic if we were in a polished right. space I think the content of well, what let's we're let's pitch doing. our show, yeah. Lana. Let's <laughs> no, pitch it. Let's go. I'm, in. I'm, I'm ready. Put ben. me in. I read about Ben and that dude's like, message if you're interested. I was like, I don't know what this is, but it seems cool. I didn't. 
I know some folks. Let's go pitch a show. I'm not going to pitch a show. I just want to participate. I just want to be a volunteer on the sidelines. Throw me somewhere. I'll do something dumb. I mean, honestly, I've... I've been through this rodeo a number of times, you know, it is not, it is not the first time that there's been this type of, of, uh, initiative, you know, P- the Comic-Con HQ comes to mind yeah, sure. and there's like over and over again, there's, there's these attempts at sort of capturing this market, but doing it, you know, the, the number of times I've been called in to talk about the ESPN of video games is, <laughs> is a lot, right? Yes. But, but that's because that's because that's an idea that should work, right? That's a, that's a no brainer idea. Not no brainer in the fact I'm not insulting anybody, but it, like it should, it, there, there's no difference between how ESPN does things and how we could be doing things. Right. But because of Twitch, because Twitch is this gaming thing primarily, I think there is a different expectation of the audience. There's, there is a different thing. And I don't, I wish all the best to these, both of these ventures. And I think somebody's going to crack it at some point because I do think Twitch is sort of um, locked into a, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is just a generational thing that I'm unable to think like a, you know, 15 year old, but I don't want to have to sit around for 90 minutes to get 20 minutes of content, right? That's not what I'm into. And I know that we're all in quarantine right now. And sometimes we have that disposable time. I'm also talking as a guy who makes a four hour Dungeons and Dragons show. So I should probably just shut up. Like, like breaking in. I'm very interested. It doesn't say in this article anywhere. I'm really just skimming it really quickly. But G4 doesn't say whether it's coming to TV or if they're using Twitch. We don't know. No, there's a lot of detail they are not talking about. Totally. I I also don't know if it is. It is going to. You know, specifically in contrast to Ven, if it's going to feel like the, hey, we brought the old gang back network. Or if they're going to kind of have this influx of new, fresh, young talent, or if it's going to, is it going to be Adam and Morgan? Is it going to be Kevin? You know, are they, are they reaching out to those folks? I'm friends with all those people and I've heard that there's some talk of that, but I think a lot of that is TBD also. So, um, you know, and Cecil's a free agent too, right? That'll be interesting. I don't, I mean, I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what he's, we'll see. I, you know, he, he tweeted like he was sort of surprised by all that, but I, I, we got to get him back on the show and we'll talk, talk about it. I love it. All right. Uh, let's uh, thank our second sponsor. We have, this show is, this is out of control. We're literally <laughs> just talking. I have to thank our second, second sponsor, which is HelloFresh is a sponsor. I absolutely love fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh. I just, just today sat down with my wife and we s- selected our HelloFresh meals for uh, August 5th, which I'm super excited about. There were 22 meals to choose from. The variety is insane. And so many, there were so many delicious looking meals. I was like, oh, oh, abundance of riches. Uh, They are so delicious looking and so easy to make. I can feel awesome that I'm the guy cooking for my family. I don't have to worry about planning. I can save time by planning uh, by uh, by not having to plan, by having the planning done for me, the the recipes come. the 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 meals are interesting, and they have variety. The things I wouldn't have cooked on my own, I wouldn't have ever attempted on my own. But because it's all laid out right there with pictures and easy to follow instructions, I'm able to do it. Also, I don't have to go to the grocery store and buy ingredients. I mean, it's nice not having to go to the grocery store at all these days uh, because I don't have to you know put the mask on and get go out to the out to the out of doors, 
But also, I never liked going to the grocery store and buying a whole bunch of ingredients that I then had to throw away 90% of because I only need 10, 10% of that stuff to make the one recipe tonight. Pre-portioned from HelloFresh means I get exactly the amount that I need. There's no waste. I don't feel guilty about it. And I can make these awesome things. It's, it's, it takes stress out of my life and lets me eat more sustainably because the packaging that HelloFresh uses when they ship the food to your house, almost entirely made from recyclables, which is awesome. I feel good about that. It's 25% lower carbon footprint than, than uh, store-bought grocery-made meals, which is pretty amazing. This is the way to make your life better, especially now, especially as we're staying at home. You shouldn't have to, you know, just get food delivered to your house that's expensive and full of who knows what. You get to make it. It's super simple. You can do it fast. The, the meals happen in like 20, 30 minutes tops. It's great. HelloFresh also is donating meals to charity. They donated 2.5 million of them in 2019. And this year they're doing even more. What's not to like? So go to HelloFresh.com slash 80DLC and use the promo code 80DLC. That's 80DLC. The reason that you write 80 in that code is to get yourself a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. That's HelloFresh.com slash 80DLC, 80DLC, and enter the promo code 80DLC, 80DLC. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. Probably the latest we've ever gone into the playlist in the history of the show, <laughs> but I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. We got really fun stuff to talk about, including Patrick, a game that I am super jealous that you've played. I don't know how much you can even say. Yeah, just a little bit. So uh, what they so the game is Star Wars Squadrons. I'm in the closed alpha this week, and what I've been told I can say would be what's publicly available on Game Informer and Polygon. So I can talk a little bit about uh, what's already out there, but um, but what the alpha consists of is uh, a, a small slice of the campaign, which I can't say anything about, um, other than what's publicly known is you, you get to you, you go back and forth between um, uh, both both sides of the conflict, you, you, and you see the same kind of conflict from both sides. It's really uh, to me really interesting. Um, and then the multiplayer, which um, is uh, first of all, I was surprised that the whole thing is first person. You can't back out and play the the, the combat in third person at all, um, and it's. Uh, the the multiplayer, the one that's available, and it, it talked about this preview several places, so I'm not breaking NDA, would just be that uh, there are two, there's a, a phased kind of battle, right? So there's the the uh, the capital ships, a smaller line of ships, and then the the um, the encounter in the middle. And so as you a counter ticks down, and as you push back the other force, you get closer and closer to to their ships. Or there, in this case, I was playing. Uh, I was flying an X wing, and we were the goal was to take down take down a um, a star destroyer. Uh, and um, and there was really interesting like Overwatch quality to it, right? Because a lot of it seemed to be what was important for victory was kind of the team composition stuff, right? Because you can fly A wings and X wings and Y wings and uh, and U-Wings and U-Wings are kind of like a support class and the Y-Wings are the heavy bombers and the A-Wings are really maneuverable. And what I was surprised to learn 
in playing it was there was just this like uh, team composition was so important. So um, I'll answer any questions about what I can can and can't say, but um, but I, I was excited before the alpha, and I continue to be very very excited. Uh, I'm I'm really really looking forward to this game, especially especially because it is going to support VR on PC. So uh, I know you haven't played it in VR no, yet, no, but no. yeah, uh, which, but that's uh, I'm encouraged when you say that you can't jump out of uh, third or out of first person. It's like yeah, because I'm not gonna because I'm gonna be in VR. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think it's cross play, right? So you'll be like you'll be in VR playing yeah. with folks on their Xbox or whatever. So uh, yeah, really really interesting. And a ton of I didn't realize just the level degree the degree to which you can customize your ship. They said there are 50 different components. So you and I could both be flying an X-Wing and could be diametrically different. You've got a different loadout with, with heavier cannons or faster, like a uh, torpedo or faster torpedoes or whatever it may be. So, um, and mm. down to the cockpit, you can have little bobbleheads. <laughs> like it's, uh, yeah. it's really something, but uh, I'm excited. That game ships at 40 bucks and it seems to be like, uh, like a lot of, it seems to be meaty, even though I'm playing kind of a small vertical slice. It's a, uh, lot to be excited about there that's really cool and i keep i keep forgetting that game is in october yeah. like there's so many things coming out this end of this year it's wild did you play um, with other people i did or was it like and bots uh, so the the they the first time it is a multiplayer match with bots which is also interesting and i, I don't think this is breaking india you play with um you play with real people but they have this like titanfall system where they they do you remember like in titanfall there was like all these like grunts that were like little ai yeah, bots. Like fodder yes and yeah. that is the same thing. So you'll see over, you know, if you're fighting TIE fighters, you'll see a named, you'll see Kanata zip by, and then you'll see other ones that are just like numbers. And if you take the number down, you get, um, you know, X number of points. But if you take down a, a, a Atlanta or a Kanata, it's, you know, plus 10. And it's, it makes this big deal that you killed one, like a, a human character. So you get, you get that good feeling where you're just like, you are this pilot, right? You're mowing down hordes and hordes of these, you're this yeah. ace as you're going and then you'll run up against like harder, harder people on the battlefield. So uh, I, th- I think that worked really well in Titanfall, I, yeah. that, that feeling of, you know, like I I'm rubbish in multiplayer first person shooters most of the time, but it's nice to be able to have something there to, to shoot at. Yeah, that <laughs> you know? power fantasy, right? You're like, I am yeah. every, I am death. Um, and it's funny too. It really worked on me during this. Cause I didn't realize that at the beginning and I was flying and I'm like, you know, it's my first match and I'm like shot down like 14 people in a row. And I'm like, I am just preternaturally gifted at this game. And then I, <laughs> I was a little crushed, but it, you know, it, it, it worked was the point. So a uh, lot to be excited about with that game. Were you like very, in very cool. problems with other people or anything like that? Like, no. did, like the social aspect, is it totally just, no, I was in my own little world and everybody was, so like coordination was, was really difficult, but uh, uh, everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And there was no conversation about team composition. It was like going X-Wing, you know, whatever it was. So um, yeah. It was, oh man, it's going to be so fun yeah. playing that game with a group of friends though. Oh. I, you know, it's like how many, I would love for them to record the number of times someone says stay on target, but in the, <laughs> course, be in the millions, you know, in the millions. That's I think the thing that is, makes me most excited about it is, is the t- the team gameplay of it seems like something that could be super fun, super fast matches to like hop in and be like, yeah, man, spaceship time, let's go, red leader. Yeah. So there's two totally. that they have. There's like the there's five on five kind of death match, and then there's that big long phased battle. Mine went for like 48 minutes. Like it is not that wow. fast. Yeah. Let's go. It is a lot. I was quite a slog's not the wrong word. I enjoyed my time with it for sure, but by the end of it, I was exhausted and I was like, we felt like we won a war. Um, but yes, hmm. I'm like a Star War. Yes. Um, I, I actually can't wait for the story either because they showed two slices of the same conflict and you saw both perspectives of it. 
which I think can be really, really interesting. So I hope they tell a compelling story there. Cool. Yeah. What else is on your playlist? Man, uh, I've been very slowly playing Last of Us too. Uh, I've been kind of working my way through that, and I don't feel very unqualified to to speak to it because I haven't finished it just yet. Um, mm. But I went in very trepidatiously on the night it released. You texted me something. You said I was like really excited. Look, Last of Us is one of my favorite IPs of all time. I think it's arguably a perfect uh, perfect narrative experience. Um, and I, you know, I've thought about that ending a hundred times. And what's interesting to me is like Joel and Ellie feel like real people to me. Like I, mm. on the regular in the years leading up to this game, I would think about Joel and Ellie and like, I wonder how they're doing. That's how well realized this, these characters are for me. I know that sounds hyperbolic or whatever, but it's true. I would often think about them. So I was very excited. to. Turns out not so well. Yeah. <laughs> we're not doing great. Uh, yeah. And when you said something which really uh, scared me, you said it was a, it's, it's, it's a game that you're still recovering from, uh, mm-hmm. which I, so I made the decision to start playing it just in smaller chunks. So I was going to, um, I was going to ingest some content with my partner, which watch some TV shows. And then I'll play that in little chunks throughout the evening. I'm still dodging spoilers, uh, but at least to this point, I didn't marathon it. Like you probably had to do to have kind of review takes. I've been doing like an hour or two a night at most. And it's been pretty manageable. I'm like 30 hours in. So I've got to be kind of on the back stretch. Um, Definitely, I haven't yeah. felt like overwhelmed. It hasn't been too dark. And in fact, I've been really, my expectation was just unmitigated sorrow and violence and death. And um, I really, this punctuated with some incredibly human moments that are genuinely magical. Yeah. I was texting you about a few of those. And I think like, that's been a real surprise for me is like, just how touching some of those scenes are. It makes the the, the anger and the violence just uh, so so much more punctuated because you've spent these human moments with people. But uh, I think there's yeah. some fascinating things. I, I really can't wait to finish it and be part of that spoiler conversation. But uh, I'm getting there. Yeah the uh, the the moments of beauty. There's just so few games that take the time to even let you do that, and it is it is truly exquisite when it happens. And yeah, I think you're right. I think it makes it all the rougher when when the hard stuff happens or when the, the brut- brutality happens, but it's interesting to hear your take on it. Uh, it's like you're sipping it, yes. you know, you're sipping it, you're <laughs> yes. gulping it down, which so many of us did. Uh, and I think that might, it might mitigate some of that um, feeling of um, incessant, you know, <laughs> uh, unrelenting sorrow that, that, that I came away from. It's like, Oh man, this game just won't let up. Yeah. Uh, but it does let up if you just, you know, take breaks. Yeah. I mean, I had a whole <laughs> night where I just did, uh, uh, I, I won't say much about it, but a museum scene. And I was like, that was delightful. Mm. <laughs> you know, I can go yeah. to, it was like an hour stretch. Yeah. It was kind of perfect. You just played the, yeah, yeah. You just, that was your night. It was just yes. playing the, like the best part of, yeah. I, <laughs> I would play, dude, honestly, if, if, if Naughty Dog made a game where it's just two characters exploring an environment, just having banter and picking up things in the world, yeah. examining it, I would absolutely play that. Like they're, they're gone home would be, I would be day one immediately. Right. So, yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I would love an uncharted where you don't ever pick up a gun, yes. you know, it's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll climb That's some great. stuff. I'll leap over <laughs> things. So wait, does yeah. Uncharted have gameplay if you don't ever pick up a gun? Well, Sorry. that's what I'm saying. You climb things and leap over stuff. <laughs> no, I like Uncharted. I like Uncharted, but it does. Most of the gameplay is just like, okay, now shoot these 200 dudes. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree, but I figure like, you know, yeah, yeah, if yeah. there's more climbing stuff and leap over leaping over things, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> uh, well, I hear you. 
Uh, anything else, Patrick? Uh, quickly, I played a little Doom Eternal, and I don't know um, if you guys have been playing that, but I genuinely enjoy kind of the paper, rock, scissors of that gameplay with the chainsawing yeah. for ammo and the the fire for uh, for armor. Just uh, that game was exceeded expectations. So, I'm, um, but I'm tr- just trying to actually get through Last of Us so I can kind of dodge spoilers. But yeah, I think that's about it. Right on. Yeah, Doom Eternal is great. Great. Uh, did that come out this year? I feel like <laughs> yeah, that came out what, this year. What? Kobe Bryant died this year too. Like, what distant past? What distant past are you talking about? Because I, I don't. I it's, it's wild. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's it's wild. Yes, but the idea came uh, out this year. <laughs> it's August next week. Oh. I know it's insane. Uh, it's my birthday next week. Yeah, um, oh, big time. Lana, yeah. I want to talk. Ghost of Tsushima with you, because we we talked about that a lot last week. Uh, Christian and I really differed in our opinions. Uh, and I think most people are agreeing more with him than me. I I don't know why that game, uh, it doesn't hit with me as, as much as others. But I'm curious where on the spectrum you are with Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I did listen to the podcast last week, and I think I'm sitting somewhere in between both of your opinions, where I'm definitely mm, enjoying okay. it, but I'm not like drooling over it in the same way that Christian seems to be doing it. Um, yeah. I, th- I definitely think it's it's very beautiful. There are certain things I, I do like, and like I like the bird that leads me places. So I think that's an interesting way to to just make it feel... Like, oh, I'm going to wander around, but I don't necessarily just have to look at this map and be like, I guess I'll go to this place that seems to be in the cloud still. It's like, I can just start running and I can diverge from the the quest that I was on and follow this bird. And now I'm finding a shrine with a fox. Or I, like- li- I like the fact that, you know, sometimes in games like that, the first time the bird showed up in Ghost of Tsushima, I got anxiety because sometimes in games like that, the bird will show up and if you don't immediately follow it, it'll just fly away and you're like, ah, but th- luckily with that game, the bird is like, I'm, I'm cool. You want to follow me? I'll hang out <laughs> until you're ready. You know? Hang out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I, th- I like the audio I think is really wonderful. I think the gameplay in a weird way, I, I wish it was h- harder because I, hmm. I got playing it on just like the normal setting or whatever, but I, I sort of you know, just, if there's a, if you wish it was harder, there is a way to It's more like mechanically challenging because I feel like I, I wonder if uh, like the settings would just add more dudes or just shorten shorten parry windows or what, whatever it is. But I, mm. I think I wanted more from the different stances where I yeah, wanted it I felt to that really way. feel unique in between like the ways that you're pushing the buttons in each stance. And really it is, it's like, okay, this guy's holding a spear. So I'm going to switch to wind stance. But after that, it's like triangle, 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 triangle. You're pretty much getting it. I enjoyed the puzzle element of it in the sense that it's like most of the camps I'm not approaching and just being like, face me and like standing people off and then killing them. It's like, okay, I'm going to strategize how I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. But I feel sort of frustrated with, the narrative in the sense that I wish there was more like either gameplay tied up in it or that it was just a little bit more, what's the word? I wish there was like consequences to my actions at the very beginning of the Mm. game. They make this big deal. It's like samurai do not assassinate people, but then they make so many objectives that are don't get detected and kill all the people. And I'm like, that's, 
is just immediately directly in opposition of this huge sure, narrative yeah. point that you gave me. And then even when like you meet somebody who you think is going to be like looking down on you, they're like, that's fine. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess <laughs> this was like a totally drama-free moment because whatever. Yeah, the game, the game certainly seems to want to set up this great moral quandary of are you the ghost or are you the samurai, right? Are you the ninja? <laughs> are you yeah. the, the, the person that sneaks up behind people and slits their throat before they know it? Or are you the guy who announces your presence and has an honorable standoff? Mm. And it presents those as options, but it does, you're right. I did get the sense that it felt like it wanted to make those really feel like a a weighty choice. Impactful decision. Yeah. And but it never you're right. It never gave you any consequences for making those choices. There's no keeping track of how many times. I mean, I think your your horse changes if you do a lot of things, or your behavior kind of changes. If you do a lot of things that are uh assassiny. Oh, wow. But I did not. Yeah, but I think I think that's the case. But I I I agree with you. I think that's a missed opportunity that it could have felt it could it. it it needed to feel like you were giving something up by doing the stealthy kill you because it always felt like the stealthy kill you thing was just a better way to do it from my <laughs> perspective. The point where it's like you will get more experience if you do it this way. It's punishing yeah. to not do it this way. And I, th- I think right. I've had enjoyed the game. Like I enjoy the gameplay in that I enjoy doing it perfectly. Like I enjoy pressing the buttons. I like my perfect parries. I like my perfect dodges. I like doing it perfect. I think that is really satisfying to get that tactile mechanical thing right but when it comes to like the narrative and the like weaving in how you're playing the game with the actual story like i love all the characters i love yuna i think is amazing lady masako i think like very interesting characters and i just wish there was almost like a like a like a wooing element like you have to come to this final battle with me but if i do more evil things i'm not gonna get the two most honorable characters Sure. I do. Yeah. You, or, or like a, a, yeah, like a, like a, yeah, like the, the certain characters will like you, if you, you, almost like Mass Effect, right? If you do certain things, certain characters are into it, but other characters are not into it. And then, but if you do the other thing, it's vice versa, right? So the, there's always a trade off. And as you said, consequences. I think that would be a really interesting part of the game if, if it existed. Can I, even at the end, sorry. Oh, no, please. I've got two questions. Even, I ask. even if at the end of the game, they just gave me like telltale game style stats of being like, yeah. this is yeah. how people did the percentage of assassination takedowns. Yes. Like, like put me on a scale of how honorable or how not, and but don't make it punish me which one I'm doing. I just, I just want to know because that seems to be like a huge crux of this story, and it just mm. isn't actually. Just make it matter. Make yeah. it matter. Yeah. So Sorry, I, have two, I, I have two questions. So the first one would be around the camera mode. The, uh, the uh, highly touted, I've seen some incredible pictures. I actually have a major problem with it in, in, uh, in Last of Us. I literally every 10 feet, I take a picture. It's another reason I'm not done with the game. Um, have you gone down that rabbit hole and have you been like excited about what you've created? Uh, no, I have actually not cared much for photo mode. This is actually the first time I've ever even hit the share button on the PS4. Um, uh, because I accidentally set a cow on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a first. What yeah, a first like I, I literally walked up to it. 
out loud in my living room going, oh, baby, a sweet baby. And it ran immediately away from me into a fire, set into a ball of oil <laughs> and died. <laughs> That'll was, teach you. I was shocked. I was so sad. So no, I haven't done any of the, the photo world stuff. Usually I'm just like, cool, it looks pretty. And then, I don't know, I, I'm not enticed by by taking individual okay, okay. of the game. I don't ever share mine either. It's a problem. I know it's a weird neurosis I have. It's, I don't share them either. They just sit on my hard drive and I probably never look at them again. But I'm very much, uh, I'm very concerned about my ability to resist the photo mode in that game. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, I'm going to seek out the burning cow picture that yeah, you took. Yes. Uh, no, I'll, I'll find that. you. I, I did. I shared it because I was so shocked. Twice, I, I there's a cow. Another time, I finished like clearing the Yagata farmstead. And then it shows like, it's peaceful. Look, all the people are returning. And it's like, beautiful lady playing a flute. And then it's like, dead cow in the field. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. Oh, Amazing. So you all- you also talked a little bit about, like, I think mechanical complexity or, or whatever. I want to ask you: Do you guys follow this guy on Twitter, the Sunil Legend? He does those combat gifs uh, of games. It's my dream mm-hmm. to have my animations featured by yes, him. Yes, I can dream. imagine. Yeah, I've seen other oh devs say things similarly, and it's like I uh, I really thought I was pretty good at Last of Us, and then I'll see some of the things that he does in that game, and like you know he's now gone on the on the. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, and so just w- wondering if you were approaching his level of uh, uh, John Wickery. Oh no, <laughs> I'm, I want to. I does like the He does videos of games I've played. I'm like, there's. I ain't never seen a game played like that. Yes, how you even get that? that like you yeah. program that fight to happen that way? Because dang, uh, yeah, I feel like when I play, it's that. Like, do you remember that the um, the uh, no Man's Sky trailer where they had that the, the two part trailer where it showed the No Man's Sky like what the pre build or whatever the marketing version and then what shipped and they played that yeah. <laughs> that Jurassic yeah, yeah. Park harmonica I feel like that's what I like when I'm playing oh, Last of Us it's that's my gameplay compared to his yeah totally yeah it's it's the majestic yes. amazing beast of of legend and fantasy and then cut to like a three-toed one-eyed <laughs> one-armed thing like hopping on one yeah. foot yes. <laughs> yeah absolutely is my gameplay in last of us it's benny hill <laughs> yeah totally it's amazing uh lana what else is on your playlist on my playlist is oh uh, we don't have to talk about this very much hollow knight i just picked it up again and for anyone out there who maybe tried Hollow Knight for a bit and then put it down for a bit, um, I'm just going to tell you right now, start over, man. You can't just put down Hollow Knight and then go try and pick it back up again. I yeah. totally forgot all the buttons. I forgot little things like, oh, when you hit with the nail, it actually pushes you back a bit. I forgot I had a projectile. Like I forgot what any of my little charms did. So I like yeah, the world. I lost all my currency, whatever that is, because my spirit killed me because I fell into the acid. And I'm like, well, I just what's happening? What? It would just be a, it would be a service for, for games like this that it just if you haven't played for two months, it just deletes your save. <laughs> yeah. like, we're doing you a favor. Oh, you know what? Start again. Oh my gosh, I uh, I was so frustrated. And I'm like, I should be probably even angrier about dying and losing all of whatever that was. I'm sure I was saving up for something, but I don't know what I was saving up for. I can't find this map, guys, so I don't even know where to find my shadow again because I forgot. It's no, that none of that muscle memory. Shadow. It's just all gone. Nothing. Yeah, yeah I got that feeling. So, the worst. That's, uh, 
my my tip for Hollow Knight, but it's still fun, still still enjoyable. Love uh, love the way it looks, love the way it feels, other than forgetting everything about it. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, I say this every time. Here's the storm because I am always playing the storm. But I but I I uh, man, I've been playing it even like a lot more again. Like every day, a little bit. Here's the storm. It's really fun. They had like these weather anomaly things that they had on for a while, which I was not a fan of uh, and certainly not a fan of the leg spikes that came with them. But uh, they took those out because they listen to the community. And it's, uh, yeah, it's been really, really, really fun playing that again. I miss that game so much. Yo, I miss that game so much. Let me bring you back into the fold. That is a true 20 minute friendship experience. Yeah. I, I, all of the time that I spent on Heroes of the Storm, which was a lot, uh, has now just been diverted into prepping for the dungeon run. It's like it's become my D and D time. So I have no. It's just I haven't played it in months, and I I miss it. I look at I still follow all the Heroes of the Storm uh, tw- Twitter people that I and they are posting cool things, and I'm like I miss you, game, but. <laughs> no room there's no room who has the time in this quarantine uh, giving up one video game to prepare <laughs> for like an incredible yeah. show i suppose is a worthwhile sacrifice but if you ever did want to pick it up again i would be happy to you know wean you back on to the iv oh man of the storm yeah, i would love that we should do that and then the last thing i've played uh it almost feels a little bit more like a, a tabletop game uh but it's not it's in, in the browser but it's just called hello robot have you guys heard of this no no. Uh, we're always looking for ways to do like team bonding. I don't know anybody else who's in a work from home situation where like the normal organic team togetherness, going for lunches together, whatever that you're missing in work from home, we try and like schedule in team game time. And the game we played this last week was called Hello Robot. Uh, you can find it. It's in the web. Hello Robot Quarantine Edition, I think is what it's called. And when you boot it up, you can play a versus mode or a co-op mode, and it just populates with a bunch of words. And the goal is to get your smart device in your house. If you have a Google thing or if you have Alexa or any of those like, hey, thing, listen to me and answer my question device. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, you have to get the robot to say the word on the screen, almost like, like catchphrase, but... So you'll be sitting. Oh, you're playing oh, it with your virtual assistant. Yeah. you're playing like taboo with yeah. your virtual assistant, basically. Yeah. So we That's did like cool. co-op mode, and so it would say something like, "Mark Ruffalo was one of them," and so that was pretty easy. You just go, you know, "Hey Alexa," she's going to answer me now. "Hey Alexa, who played the Hulk in the Avengers Endgame?" Right. And then she'll say the name, but there are ones that are really difficult. Richard Scary. This is a brilliant yeah. idea. Yeah, it's great. It's really fun like this is kind of like it populates with a bunch of words so and the they've got point values and if you miss one the point value goes up but it also seems like something fun that if it's like you and your partner and you're in your house hanging out one night like just picking a word together and seeing who could get your virtual assistant to say it first it just seems like a fun thing that you could do all the time genius this yeah. is genius. I know what you're doing immediately after idea. the show <laughs> yeah yeah that's a brilliant idea it's very cool i feel like my I feel like my uh, my three year old is already always doing this, <laughs> just unbeknownst to me, always just playing this game on his own. <laughs> it's also like way more difficult than you think it'll be. Like you'll ask things, so you're like, "Oh, she's going to give me the right answer." She just pulls some random article, or it's like, "I found this on, you know, Blogspot for knitting," and you're like, "I know no. you're not going to do that now." Like that's not the right answer. Whatever you're about to say is wrong. 
So wait, so are you, this hello robot is the, is the thing. And it, it is a, it's an app that you download that just gi- gives you tough topics or are you kind of figuring this out on your own? This it's game? in a web browser. So if you oh, just it's in a web browser, okay. Search up hello robot I think specifically quarantine edition is the web browser one. I don't know if there's okay. a different version of it. It sort of implies to me that there is, um, but yeah, it sort of pops up. It, it looks almost like um, code names with like a five by five sort of list right. of cards you can you can pick from, and you'll select one of them. And if she if you get it, you get to say score. You have like in co op mode, you have sixteen turns as a group to try and get twenty points. This is genius, yeah. and I'm going to be playing this immediately. Thank you for it's introducing wonderful. this to my life. Yes, yeah. thank you. Again, that's called a Hello Robot. Uh, you can Google it, I guess, or just ask your virtual assistant. Hello, to find Hello it. Robot Quarantine uh, Edition. Quarantine Edition, yes, amazing. Uh, all right, well, we've already gone way, way long. I wanted to talk to you, Patrick, about your your quest purchase, but we'll have to w- save that for another yeah, time. Of course. Uh, this has been this episode has been a delight, and uh, I'm so grateful for both of you for being here. Um, it's amazing, and we do have a. Uh, Parting gifts coming up, so don't don't go anywhere. Stick around for those. But Patrick Dees, tell folks where they can find out about you and all the things that you've got going on on the internet. Yeah, you can. Uh, easiest way is Twitter. I'm at P to the D's, D-E-E-S. Um, and you can find us at fancontrol.football, which is an actual domain. It's the best. Uh, or Not football is a domain? I love that. No, it's amazing. Patrick.cool and fancontrol.football. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, or, or it's at FCFL, which is the acronym, um, Fan Control Football League, fcfl.io. You can go, kind of go see about the league. You can take a quiz online and it'll say like, hey, what team is best for you? And it'll answer a bunch of personality questions. And you know, you could end up on Mike Tyson's team or Greg Miller and kind of funny's team. So uh, yeah. And yeah, and anybody who's got questions, don't hesitate to tweet at me because I know it's a um, it's this uh, wild thing that we're doing. So I would love to to get feedback and uh, answer any questions. Yeah, I'm so excited to to see it come together and all. It's just such an awesome idea. Uh, oh, it's, thanks, it's like the man. dream of every little kid who played Madden is like, I wish this was real. Well, you know, that's how I learned <laughs> how football worked. Like when I was growing up, like I like um, my dad is literally the best dad in North America. Incredible dude. But he, you know, he uh, he was a choir guy in high school. He was a drama nerd and didn't know the rules of football. And so I learned football through playing Madden. And then my dad would sit with, on the couch with me on Sundays and I he pretended to care about what was happening on the TV screen. So I could explain to him, oh, that's a four, three defense, which I only learned because John Madden screamed it at me. So for me, the, the, <laughs> the idea of real time play calling has always been coupled with my sports experience. So I'm excited to combine my two, you know, most favorite things, right? Video games and sports. So um, yeah. yeah, more to come. Super cool. Super cool. Lana Bashinsky, every time you are here, it makes my day so much better. I just love talking to you. Thank you so much for being here. That means so much to me. I I really can't tell you how much I feel. I feel the same. This is I said at the beginning the highlight of whatever week it is every week that that you've brought me. So thank you so much for reaching out to me. Um, eventually, That's, I'll absolutely. be Trish Spicer again. But for the now, <laughs> good enjoy your vacation. That's right. I, uh, I'm, I'm only, you know, I'm, I'm keeping you all to myself. The Christian's gone is, is when I call you up and Christian doesn't get to join in the fun, but we'll have to have you on as a actual third chair instead of second chair sometime soon. Um, um but, uh, yeah. finding me on the internet, uh, is, uh, I am at Twitter. I'm on Twitter. You might say, uh, at Latai and I, that is L A T I E N I E. Um, 
love the Twitter. So definitely a good place to reach out to me. But I also have a website now. Thanks, Squarespace. Uh, LanaBashinsky.com. L-A-N-A-B-A-C-H-Y-N-S-K-I.com. And I sell um, long form realistic charcoal drawings. Um, I have uh, some prints of Princess Leia. And then I actually just made some new ones of the character 709 from Picard specifically uh, that I'm getting scanned in and prints coming soon. So do you do commissions yeah. too? I do do commissions. Oh, all right. I know. You Fantastic. said do do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, they are incredible, Patrick. If you, you should check out her Twitter feed and Instagram. I don't know where they are exactly, but they're just, jaw-dropping like photorealistic oh, charcoal cool. drawing. it's extraordinary stuff yeah. yeah i definitely will yeah cool thanks uh if you're interested in uh reaching out to me on twitter i'm at jeff canada which is spelled with two n's and one t you can also email us here at the at the dlc show by uh using the old email dlc feedback at gmail.com we love hearing from you getting your recommendations, getting your reviews of games that you've been playing, getting any feedback you would like to give us. We love hearing it. We love hearing from you. Also, I have some other shows, if you're so inclined. Uh, I do a show about movies and TV shows called the Slash Filmcast. You can find that at slashfilmcast.com. We're talking this week about uh, First Cow, which I believe is a story of the cow that Lana set on fire. Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Last cow. Yeah. <laughs> Last, uh, no, it's a, it's a really interesting movie, actually. So check that out at slashfilmcast.com. And I do a comedy science show where you can learn something and laugh along the way called We Have Concerns. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. And then there's the Dungeon Run, my long-form Dungeons & Dragons show. Super proud of it. Uh, boy, you should see the feedback we're getting this week and last week. Uh, it's extraordinary. If you follow me on Twitter, you know, I've been retweeting so many things. People are using superlatives, the likes of which I've never seen before. It is, uh, these last two episodes have been something really, really cool. We're doing this time travel thing. You got to watch this show or listen to it. You can listen to it as a podcast. It's a great way to do it by, uh, finding it anywhere you get podcasts by searching for the dungeon run. You can also check out the show live when we record it Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Pacific time at caffeine.tv slash The Dungeon Run. Or check us out on YouTube. Search for The Dungeon Run there. Uh, just just boot up any any episode and look at the comments and uh, see what people are saying about uh, the show, which is extraordinary. I'm so proud of I've it. I've never seen anything so like it either. Jeff, sorry to cut you off there. I just like, I congratulations to the community that you're cultivating. I think for the most part, the internet... Don't get me wrong, has the, a chance to surprise you and, and you see amazing things, but largely it ends up being a cesspool of critical folks. And just this community of like passion, people are so excited about it and they like care about the narrative. And it's just, it's really cool to see. Yeah. I, I get excited every time I see, you know, some of those retweets because I've never seen any IP that's beloved like this. So people should check it out. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it is. We have an, you're right. The community is extraordinary and they do a, there's a fan made show every Tuesday that is just talking about the episode oh, and they have guests. It's like yeah, really it's so well cool. done. It's amazing. It's all wow. done by them. They completely did it by themselves. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a great, great, great community. I hope people become a part of it. It's growing. It's, it's, it's great. We had the, our biggest episode uh, for live viewership ever last week. So the show's growing. It's great. Um, all right, enough about me. <laughs> Let's uh, get in 
and wrap the show up with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Patrick, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Yeah, a couple quick hitters, actually. Uh, one that I think I don't know that anybody is talking about ever and one that I was the only one in the world that slept on it. First of one, first one was a film on Amazon called Vast of the Night. This came, so good. To, came from you. We were texting back and forth and then you were dark for like two and a half hours and you came back and you'd be like, bro, I just watched this movie. And you wouldn't tell me anything about it and I would encourage folks – to not learn much about it going to this. I just, I feel like there's no buzz about it. You were literally the only mention, but you were so passionate about it. I was like, I got to check this out. And it, um, it feels like a cool, like X-Files episode. It's not unlike that movie Primer, if people are familiar with it. One of my favorite sci-fi films of all mm. time, but um, super low budget, but it continues to illustrate that words can be more powerful than special effects. And it, it's a movie that asks you to pay attention. It is a lean forward film. Um, you know, so I feel like it really requires a lot of the audience, but super worth it. Um, I mean, totally agree. And then the other one would be, um, what we do in the shadows, which, uh, if you guys are familiar, I feel like I'm the only one that missed that, but I totally slept on it and I regret it. It's the Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi show about, uh, vampires, uh, modern day vampires li- li- living in New Jersey. And, um, okay. it's unmitigated genius. Uh, there, there's a new type of vampire <laughs> called an energy vampire and he just, it's the, it's best. the best. And I don't know how I slept on it, but, uh, I also sipped that when I was going to do one episode a night just going to get through, but I just finished it. And I, um, I, I wish people, most people know about it, but if you haven't, don't sleep on this. It's incredible. And yeah, you, so you funny. About the original, there's like a new one. Yes. On so, Hulu? Yes. That's what I'm talking about. The, the actual show. There's two seasons. So the, the film, for whatever reason, that's what I slipped. The film didn't hit for me. That's starring Taika Waititi and, uh, and Jermaine Clement. And for whatever reason, I thought it was fine. I really liked the premise, but Unlike most of Taika's stuff, it didn't really hit for me. And so I totally slept on the TV show, but there's two seasons. And I'm telling you, it starts funny and it just, it, it's a mockumentary, just like The Office. And there's a, they find a really interesting way to incorporate even the film crew that's there shooting because they would eventually be food for vampires. It's just genius. And I, I don't want to say too much more about it, but I can't, you know, sometimes you, you go into a thing and it feels overhyped. There's nothing I can say about this that would have you feel like that was overhyped. If anything, you're going to say you should have been talking about it more. So check it out. Okay, so if you have run out of what we do in the shadows to watch, you may already know about this, Patrick, but just in case, uh, if you're a fan of Matt Berry, who's in that show, who plays one of the vampires, I, I think he's, the dude's brilliant and hilarious. Do you know his other stuff? No, is There's, he uh, Jackie Dakota? Uh, I can't that, remember. That episode where he like goes to the, like owns a bar, he's the bar owner in like a Midwestern town, never mind. I think I think no, I he's the he's one of the main vampire. He's like uh, had the the former affair with the female yeah, yes. vampire. Yes. yes. So he there's two shows that he has done. I don't know where you can find them, but you you can find oh. them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, one is called Toast of London, okay. which I think is streaming somewhere. He plays a character named Stephen Toast, <laughs> and it is hilarious. He's an like an actor who's kind of fallen on bad times hilarious and then there's a show called um garth Marenghi's dark place okay i gotta write this down dude i don't want you to even know anything okay. about, it's basically like it's like an old it's like they're made it, it, it came out in 2004 i think but it's as if somebody found like an early 80s vhs tape that had this 
old Twilight Zone show called Garth Marenghi's <laughs> Dark Place. It is so funny. Fantastic. Uh, both of those are incredible. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Absolutely. Lana, yeah. what is your parting gift? Um, I've got one big one and then one small one, which actually feels bigger. But uh, the first thing I will recommend is I try. I, I tried for the first time in quarantine. Like, you know, I've been like dieting, whatever. So I've had been eating like the same three meals pretty much forever for like months and months and months now. And so last night I cooked up from smittenkitchen.com a chicken curry and – Oh my gosh, it is so good that mm. to the point where after I ate food, I was like sitting on the couch, not in like a food coma because I didn't eat like a ton of food, but I think I was in like a blissful happiness state for just trying new spices that my body hadn't tasted. In That's amazing. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Good. And of course, like curry, there's so many different spices in it. It's so flavorful. Um, the chicken curry recipe from Smitten Kitchen in particular, it was delicious. Over rice. I feel like I feel like your parting is eat bland food for a long period of time <laughs> and then have some the spices in it and it will blow your mind. No, no. Okay, well, my parting gift is try something new, everybody. Just get out of your comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> whatever so i'm telling you if you like maybe you eat a lot of food with spice maybe do try something bland my parting gift is you know stretch your wings culinary because i was surprised in quarantine how much just eating something different for one meal like brought joy like an infusion of, <laughs> of straight happiness into my life so maybe yeah. don't eat a bunch of bland food and for the record it wasn't bland it was just the same things delicious <laughs> right. things this is why i could eat it right but this in particular was so good. Um, yeah. So. And you want to talk about something else? I do. And I the last time I was on the show, I think it was my parting gift too. But it's different. Uh, but No, I'm so glad you said it last time because I fell in love. Oh, my God. Well, I have news for you. Um, this band, it is my sister's band. But that's not why I'm saying it. I promise I am authentically a huge fan. Bad Buddy. Um, that's B-A-D-B-U-D-D-Y. Bad Buddy just dropped their full album last week. It is unbelievable. It is so good with some, like the the harmonies are incredible. There's some songs that go much more into like a thrashier punk um, vibe to it. There are songs that are like, they all, they all just resonate like lyrically so deeply with me um, in particular. I don't know if that's just because I am a woman who has ex experienced very similar things to some of the things they're talking about. Uh, one of their songs, Keys in Hand, in particular, gets me every time. Um, but uh, truly, every song on the album is so unique in flavor. It is so good. It is so good. You can get it anywhere there's music, Spotify, etc. There's albums. It's been out for a week, and I think they're number one in Alberta right now. They bumped out Corbin. Wow. Very That's cool. amazing. Don't take it from me. Take that, it from all of Alberta. Well, also, I will underscore that. I I have not heard the whole album yet, but I uh, am so excited to do so because uh, last time you were on and you talked about your sister's band, I was like, I got to check this out. Uh, unique is such an overused word, but the, the sound is so interesting and so different and so catchy it's it's like poppy and subversive at the same time it's it's great so i can totally totally recommend bad buddy to anybody as well 
so you can you don't feel like you're being you know having nepotism or anything like that it's uh it, it is great it's thoroughly cool music and uh, so different and interesting and and like not 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 different in the like avant-garde and kind of off-putting it's it's different but also super catchy and super uh just great poppy hooks you know but also very different and challenging that's uh, great great stuff yeah, the, I think they they quantify themselves as Motown surf punk. So Motown style harmonies, a lot of surf guitar, guitar harmonies, and uh, punk undertones, like really upbeat, but like sinister sort of lyrics. It's yeah, it's, it's so a, good. I'm gonna rock it while playing Hello Robot later tonight. <laughs> there you go. See, yeah, cool. So those are those are my part and get gifts. the full experience, the full Bashinsky they call it. <laughs> that's, that's what they say. It's all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we have a listener suggested parting gift. This comes into us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com from Matt. Matt writes, uh, I want to say up top how much I enjoy the show each week. I've been listening right from the old TRS days, and it's always a treat for my ears. I love hearing your wholesome and holistic discussions on video games and on life itself. Ah, thank you, Matt. Uh, Matt continues, and speaking of treats for the ears, my parting gift is the Finnish rock band Poets of the Fall. I inadvertently heard their music for the first time whilst playing Alan Wake back in the Xbox 360 days. They've been collaborating with Remedy Games since Max Payne, and I particularly loved their musical cameo in Control recently. Christian may know the section I'm referring to. Anyway, it's been 10 years, and I could not be a bigger fan. Their songs are always so beautifully crafted and poetic, full of soaring melodies that stay with you long after you've finished listening. This year, they have been releasing stripped-back versions of some of their songs in audio and video form, one for each month of 2020, filmed and recorded in a beautiful atmospheric theater in Helsinki. I'd implore any of the listeners to check these out as they are definitely worth the attention. Thanks for all you guys do on DLC. I love listening each week. Thank you, Matt. Again, the name of the band is Poets of the Fall. Very cool. Um, I also have a musical recommendation. Uh, mine's a little... A little weirder, maybe it's it's uh, dance music that my son is super into. Uh, it's a group called Dance with the Dead, um, and my three year old, almost four year old son, uh, thinks the name of the band is Dance with the Dad, <laughs> which amazing could not be more adorable, yeah, right? Come on, right? Uh, so he always asks me to put on Dance with the Dad, and then we dance around. It is uh, electronic music. It reminds me of the old. Amiga mod files that I used to dance to when I was a young young person predates either of you, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, this is like old school, like sort of uh, heavy rock electronic music where you just it's sort of got, you know, it's got it's got skulls on the album art. You know, it's uh, it's called Dance with the Dead. It's called Dance with the Dead. The songs are like zombie prom and, you know, fun like that. Um, I don't think that's actually one of their songs. <laughs> But there's a, a song called Night Drive that I particularly like. And um, there's, a, there's a bunch of songs. But anyway, I basically brought it up so I could say that my son calls it Dance with the Dad, which I find is hilarious. Um, All right. That's going to do it for this epic long episode of DLC. Be sure to hang out and listen to Christian's take on the Xbox Games Conference, uh, which is coming up uh, directly after we wrap up here. But thanks again to Patrick Dees and Lana Bashinsky for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L, Zero Star, and the amazing Sean Madigan, who just knocked it out of the park with multiple 
editions of his Summer of Games bumper this week. Uh, I'm in your debt, sir. Thank you for always lending your talents to the show. Uh, thanks to each and every one of you who listen. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. Hey, everybody. Christian here. Sorry I couldn't be here live on the show. I will just say, Jeff, you were right. I've played so much more Half-Life Alex, and it... I'm lying. I haven't played any more. Uh, I want to. I just haven't. Um, Ghost is still incredible. I've played a lot more of that. Still rocking Corsara mode, which is phenomenal. I am... Uh, just really kind of blown away with the game still. Uh, so I'm sure that will be a discussion that will come up later as we discuss our favorite games of the year. But what I am uh, calling in, so to speak, about is the Xbox showcase that happened Thursday this week. I'm recording this on Thursday, so I'm sure some things, you know, perhaps some more information has come out and blah, 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 blah. So I look forward to Jeff and guest or guests, you know, pointing out all the things that I'm not able to point out right now. But I will say up front that I really liked their presentation. I really like the position that Xbox is taking, especially when you compare it to the position they took back when the Xbox One was launching. And we all know those kind of missteps and the things they've done along the way to correct course, but I still find their presentations to be really refreshing and encouraging uh, for where they're positioning themselves for this air quote, next generation. I thought Halo looked really, really good. I think the only problem Halo has going against it is that it still looks how Halo has always looked in my head, if that makes sense. I think I talked about that for the anniversary uh, edition of the Master Chief Collection before, where it was like you could turn on and off you know, the updated graphics for Combat Evolved and then go back to the original. And, and when I'd see the updated graphics, I was like, oh, that's how Halo's always looked. And then you turn it off and you see the original graphics and you're like, oh, yeah, wow, <laughs> Halo's come a long way. Um, so I feel like looking at Halo Infinite in that, in that trailer, it was like, well, this is how Halo's always looked, but I know it's not. Like, the glint in the the gun where the ammo is was incredible. Uh, the open world, the vistas look ginormous, and I'm curious how that scales across, you know, Xbox One and then the Series X and PC. Um, they had a great, not during this, but I think Phil tweeted it out or something. I forget where I saw it. But it was like, hey, you know, scalability never affected PC games from being the best of the best on the highest settings. And they can run on lower settings with the lower graphics cards, too. So if I think about the Xbox ecosystem for Halo Infinite being that, where the Xbox One is min specs, right? And the Series X is recommended specs. I could see maybe how the game scales. But I'm curious to see it in real life, which we'll get to this holiday season, which is exciting. I think the introduction of the grappling hook from what they showed in that trailer was really cool. It kind of was meant to do a little bit of traversal and not full like bionic commando swinging around the world. I like the way that they used it to close the gap between themselves and the enemy very quickly. We didn't really see a lot of sprinting in the demo, which had kind of become a series stalwart, which is weird because it's such a new addition to Halo. But I like the idea of a grapple hook as a way to kind of close that air quote last mile. I know it's not a mile, but that last chunk of distance between you and an enemy or an encounter to quickly get over a gap. Um, I really like things like that when it comes to traversal and combat. And I thought it looked fun and exciting in Halo. And I also, having watched the, the presentation, the trailer of Halo twice now, I'm again recording this on Thursday though, so hot takes. I'm fairly confident this is the case, that there was no kind of left trigger, right trigger, right? Like zooming down the scope 
it seemed like traditional Halo 1, Halo 2 style, like this is the reticle you have, and this is your aim. And I really liked that. I, I think Halo implemented, you know, left trigger, right trigger well in, what was it, 4 was the first one with it, I think, or maybe it was 5. Um, but to me, I like that feel of Halo. And when I went back and replayed Reach when it came to uh, Master Chief Collection, it was it's fun to have that halo feel so i i hope the game kind of sticks to some of that but also maybe uses left trigger right trigger for other things i would certainly prefer that to to scope down a sniper rifle than like clicking a thumbstick or something but halo did so much to bring first person controls to consoles in a way that are effective and have been long lasting that i i trust now 343 will continue to find a way to make halo um feel good Speaking of 60 frames per second, you know, that's incredible. I'm very excited for it. I think the landscape looked rich and lush. The enemies looked great. Um, the play looked fast and smooth. And it was really cool to just come out of the gate swinging and showing Halo. It's what people, you know, were there for. And I kind of appreciate them not burying it to the end. Speaking of the end, though, I, I, I'm very excited for Fable, especially if it's coming out of... Um, the Forza Horizon studio where I'm totally blanking on their name right now. And I should probably look it up as I do this because I should have looked it up beforehand. I'm so sorry that people are screaming, uh, not at me right now. Um, come on brain playground games. There it is. It was not my brain that found it. It was the internet. Um, I found that reveal to be very lackluster. It was kind of like, here's a franchise we're working on. I, I guess it didn't show a numbered sequel, so maybe it's a reboot or reimagining. Um, I guess it's nice to know that they are, in fact, working on a fable. I certainly still trust Playground Games, if they are, in fact, the ones kind of leading this charge to make an incredible game. I just wish we saw a little bit more than, it's a franchise we're making, <laughs> you know, kind of like... Um, when we saw like uh, Elder Scrolls Six or whatever, it's like here's a logo. It's like okay, I need a I need a little bit more than that to get too excited about something. Um, for me, the showcase, the games that excited me the most, I think, were still the medium. It was really cool to see that kind of the world switching that was happening in that game. I thought that game looked great, and I'm very curious to see Obsidian's new game Avowed. Right, like Outer Worlds felt like Obsidian's Fallout. And Avowed feels like Obsidian's um, Oblivion or Elder Scrolls. And I think they knocked it out of the park with um, Outer Worlds. So I have full faith that they're going to do the same thing with Avowed. It seems like that game's maybe further off, but I think it's great to have some real competition in that space. And hopefully that'll make um, Bethesda make their games even better. And we can see more than one game kind of tackling that genre, I think is super, super exciting. Forza. I mean, racing games always look great, but like, yeah, ray tracing and racing games, ray tra game, racing games always look great on new consoles, I should say. They're always impressive. But ray, ray tracing on a racing game, I'm excited to see that. I prefer the Forza Horizon style gameplay than Forza Motorsports, but it seems like Motorsports gets to be the first car out of the gate each, each time, and then we'll get a Horizon version later, maybe using some of that tech or borrowing from it. Um, that looked very pretty. It looked very pretty. It, it seems farther off as well. I'm curious... <laughs> you know, where Gran Turismo ends up launching for Sony, how it kind of goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with um, Forza Motorsport. That's a really fun rivalry, speaking of rivalries. And then I liked the diversity of the games that they showed. I thought it was really impressive. I think the diversity both in terms of characters we saw on screen, but also types of games. While I would, you know, if I'm being completely honest, I'd need to say that 
the Sony first-party games that they've shown for PlayStation 5 are games that are more, air quote, right up my alley. But I love the fact that this hobby has become so much bigger than the type of game that I like and that there are games for the market is bigger than that. And I love that Microsoft is going after that in a big way and the way they're advertising it and presenting it. So some of the, the, the games that they showed during this press conference weren't necessarily for me, I think, based on looking at them. I love that they're confident in them, and that's part of their strategy is to get these games in front of people. Tetris Effect Connect looks incredible. I've talked about, uh, you know, my love of Tetris Effect, certainly, and, and how I played on Oculus. I love that it's a free update for the other versions of Tetris Connect. Good exclusive score for Microsoft, as annoying as exclusives can be, or timed exclusive. Um, you know, it's a good get, right? It's a good get for them if that was available. And I think to me, the biggest part about their showcase is just how they are positioning themselves for next generation. And I really love the using inclusion again as kind of, I guess, my, my catchphrase, the inclusion of ways to play. Xbox One, PC, Xbox Series X, and then Project X Cloud being included as part of Game Pass Ultimate and Game Pass. I mean, Game Pass is huge. And the way that they've constantly been adding value to that service makes me far more interested or more likely to check out a bunch of these games and potentially falling in love with them. And I really like that. I like being surprised. If you listen to our E3 episodes, you've heard me talk about my favorite parts of E3 are the games that surprise me. And Game Pass gives me the opportunity to be surprised a lot. You know, checking out a game that I wouldn't spend $60, $70 on, but because Game Pass is such a good value for you know, the games that I do like and that it provides already, I'm going to be more likely to check out some of these other games and potentially fall in love with them. And so I really, really loved their approach to games and gaming and how accessible it's going to be and how inclusive it is and the way they're trying to bring that to more people across platforms any and every way. I think Destiny 2 was a big example of that for them and how they approach the third-party relationships. And I, I want to see more of that. So all in all, I came out of the Xbox um, this uh, presentation pretty high on Microsoft and what they're doing. I still don't think I'm going to be buying a Series X day one, but I think they're okay with that. And that's what makes me really excited. I really like that approach. And as much as I love tech and I get that tech lust and I want to have the shiny new console, I really want to see what this air quote generation is like for them where I don't buy the box and kind of what that transition is like and how they run on PC. I think it's super exciting. And it's something that we haven't seen in the console space ever before. And it seems like a grand experiment that is built around consumer choice which and consumer satisfaction, which I think is really, really, really cool. Again, all said and told, I think um, Sony's first-party exclusives have me a little bit more excited than this palette of Microsoft exclusives that seem close on the horizon of coming out. But Halo looks awesome. I cannot wait to get some hands-on time with that game whenever that, whenever that day may come. And I'm excited to see what they're doing for multiplayer and bringing that franchise forward. Um, yeah, I just think Halo knocked it out of the park. It looked like Halo, which I think is just the best testament to that game and to that franchise, but opened up in fun and new, exciting ways. So... I don't know what everybody else on the show thought, but that's what I thought. I am super excited about it. I hope everybody else is too. Um, it's the summer of games on DLC. Christian liked the Xbox showcase, even if all the games weren't for him or something like that. 
All right. Thanks, Jeff and guests, for caring for it without me. Hopefully I make it out of the woods and I can be with you all live again next week.